0: And welcome to the podcast by army podcast where we talk about bts army fandom and research we are your co-host dr kate ringland and
1: jared Tauher, a university researcher
0: and today is a special episode hot off the press
1: hot off the press you want me to edit this quickly excuse me <laughs> that's my labor kate i'm kidding i'll do it <laughs> yeah welcome we're here what are we talking about today kate
0: so today we are doing a special episode live reacting to a recent new york times podcast called podcast and the title of this episode is jungkook bts and english language k-pop
1: That doesn't sound bad at all. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I'm so excited. Yay. No, okay,
0: so it's so funny. So before we get into this, I just want to talk about the summaries presented. So the summary in Spotify for this podcast episode is a conversation about K-pop's long march to American awareness and the potential risks of that embrace. Okay, so that's the like, scary summary for this k-pop episode in spotify but then the new york times arts account on twitter wrote on popcast a conversation about k-pop's long march to american awareness and embrace and whether there's a point at which k-pop delivered fully in english ceases to be k-pop at all two very different vibes already that i'm getting from this and i have seen some takes on the timeline about what this podcast is about, about, but we're here, have not listened to any of it yet.
1: Me as well. I have also not listened to anything because we've been saving this to live react to it and talk about it, especially as people who also run a podcast.
0: Yeah, you know, somewhat inclined to do this in this venue.
1: Yeah, and we've talked about before on this podcast, disputing things and going over things and this is just one of those steps towards doing more of that yes as we shall say
0: yes and I feel like one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast at all from the get-go was to be able to have kind of a more nuanced conversation than one can particularly have on a limited character count Social media platform. So I felt like this was probably the best way to truly react to this, whatever this is we're about to listen to.
1: Yeah. Live tweeting doesn't hit as hard. Let's be honest. Okay. Let's get right into it then. I'm going to start playing the podcast and then we'll just go. Let's go.
2: Welcome to the New York Times podcast, your dark black balloon pants of music, news, and criticism. I'm your host, John Monica. coming in you're listening to is it the biggest pop star in america or the world it's tough to know sometimes where boundaries should be set or or are being set that was seven by jungkook and lotto This is a song that's off technically the first solo Jungkook album, which is Golden, which came out not that long ago. Jungkook is, I'm sure, was a member of BTS, which is on hiatus, the biggest K-pop act of recent times. We've talked about K-pop from time to time on podcast, but something interesting has been happening, I've noticed, over the last couple of years, but especially real recently. And this is this kind of ongoing wrestling between K-pop industry and I would say American slash English language approval, embrace, and dare I say compromise. This is going to be a, a conversation that we have this week, touching on this most recent album, but also much broader conversation about what's been going on in the K-pop industry. For the first time on Popcast, we have Kara. Kara's from Idolcast blog and podcast. Kara, first of all, welcome.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: Happy to have you here. Also, No last name because the stands are crazy and anybody who listens to podcasts knows about the ongoing struggles between people who try to think critically about pop music in a variety fields and people who tweet. So that is something that I'm sure, given the nature of your writing and the nature of the, the work that you've been doing in this space, you've encountered a bit over the years.
3: Just a little bit. I've not as bad as other people who have had attempts to kick them out of their universities or called their works but i'd really just not like to take any chances
1: okay that was the first bit of the podcast that was a lot in we should have broken them up that little smaller because that's a lot just right there do you want to go first kate there's a lot
0: to unpack there um can I just start with, if you're going to have an entire episode that is literally named after a person, you could learn to pronounce their name correctly. Can we start there, please? Because I just, thought oh, it's so cringy.
1: Would you like to give a breakdown of of Jungkook's actual name pronunciation? <laughs> I Americanize it for the podcast, but well, we I mean, know then... the Korean pronunciation as well.
3: No, but
0: it's it's Jungkook. That's it. That's it's what whatever he was saying was just incorrect because he was like saying kook right
1: yeah yeah you want to re-listen to that
0: god it was i don't know it's gonna make me cringe all over again
2: seven by jungkook and lotto jungkook
0: jungkook anyway i just had to get that out of the way because if he keeps bringing his name up it's gonna bother me okay
1: and just FYI for the listeners if you do want to know how to pron- how to properly pronounce a bts member's name a lot of native korean speakers have made great videos online yeah. that you can look at and listen to and master so i give you that idea to go off and do
0: yeah i empower anyone that is speaking publicly about a name that you Are not familiar with to go find out how to pronounce it before you put it publicly somewhere. Anyway, so I think it's interesting. One that this appears to be an episode that's all about Golden. I think that's ostensibly what this, because I think this podcast just does latest news in pop music. I'm assuming is the sense I'm getting. And so this is oh Golden just came out, so we're going to do an episode on Golden, and then it has it's already falling apart anyway i'm going to go out on a limb and assume that they did not review any other bts albums including the other solo albums that have come out this year
1: do you want to look it up right now
0: Should we? I could just scan back.
1: Yeah. They have BTS Conquered America. What's next are K-pop? So the that's the narrative of the invasion or the conquering or like the weird thing that the American media did in 2018 with BTS. And then 2017 did the can K-pop conquer America. That is Mm. so interesting. That is so interesting
0: anyways, so, do you want to do you want to speak
1: about this intro a little bit? yeah, i I can definitely speak about this intro. If you guys don't know I am Asian American. I am Hmong American specifically. And I just I just this American slash English language approval embrace and dare I say compromise, what's up with that? what's it's, I, it's
0: a way to frame things. That's for sure.
1: That is a way to phrase it. This is such an ethnocentric statement. Can I just say that? You can't say it. Just yes. such an such an American thing to say. I am American, but also I did briefly read one of my mutuals tweets about this podcast beforehand, and they did talk about like the techno-Orientalism within it. And this is like me seeing the simmerings of that before we move in. Because just this othering as well, like... The way they say American slash English as well. That's that prim- is yeah. somehow superior or just very strange. Very strange wording there. Yeah, I'm like not comfortable with that. And then we both can speak on this next part of Kara with a K. So Kara from the Idol cast blog and podcast. Very interesting that she didn't use her last name, because Army still found her.
0: Oh, yeah, I spent all morning reading her blog.
1: Yeah, she has quite the opinions that I feel like as someone who's been in fandom for a really long time, like I recognize like where her train of thought is from and like the context behind a lot of her thinking. And I'm like, huh, we would not have gone along five years ago. Yeah, here we are now.
0: Here we are now. Probably not getting along. Crossing paths once again.
1: yeah but we have just whole end part is really interesting what's your thoughts on it kate you mean no last name because stands are crazy yes because
0: stands are crazy the ableism is also super fun here but of that aside this reference to the ongoing struggle between people who try to think critically about pop music in a variety of fields and people who tweet that's a whole sentence There's so many implications in that, basically saying that us crazy stands out here cannot possibly be thinking critically. And I take some offense at that, actually.
1: Did you have a PhD? That's crazy. I didn't know. I thought the doctor in front of your name when I email you, it's just for show.
0: Just for funsies.
1: But yeah,
0: I just, it's really fascinating to me that. Before we've even met this person, we're already framing this as super Western, ethnocentric, super othering for Asians in general, and also othering the entire fandom space. We're already set up. We are not talking or engaging with them over there. We don't want their engagement. We are talking for what are they saying? The normal people? I don't know this is horrifying in the way they've set this up so that no matter how we respond to this now we're just the crazy non-critical thinkers over here in the corner
1: yeah once again once Once again we are the crazy fangirls we should just start claiming it i need a hat this is crazy fangirl on it we can make t-shirts t-shirts to it tie-dye yeah yeah but yeah i really there's so much going on here like we could spend a whole hour just on this one bit i'm sorry like we need to move on and get through this but the stands are crazy again ableism ableism right there yeah don't do that don't do that really back the ongoing struggles between people who try to think critically about pop music and variety feels and people who tweet so there's like a disconnect here on like how music is consumed and how like art is consumed in the modern day. Like yeah. we we aren't understanding like people who tweet are consumers of art and who are are engaging with the art. Like armies on Twitter are not just going, oh my god, Juncook's so pretty. They're also writing breakdown threads yeah of the music. And yeah. you remember I remember you telling me about like one of your mutuals like broke down the musicality of yes or no yeah oh my god that was so cool
0: because i was like why is this song stuck in my head i love it so much it's just like, i want to stim on it and she's like here are the musical reasons why this is hitting the right notes for you pun intended it was great i appreciated yeah. that
1: there's not an acknowledgement of kind of the variety of opinions that's coming from twitter It's such an online public space too and it's yeah. also disregarding like the opinions of consumers and that like only critics are allowed to have opinions. or Right.
0: And it's like dismissing the intellect of the actual consumers of this music in yeah. a very real way. Cause then you get down to what Kara says this first bit where she's just, she's ha ha those crazy fans talking about how she just, just offhandedly mentions people getting kicked out of their universities or fired from their jobs for stan twitter reasons and i'm just like that is not one that is not just like a Stand twitter thing that is just a being on the internet thing this happens in lots of communities not just ours and it's such a one-off thing it's not representative of the community and her just throwing it out there is already irking me she's basically painting us in this corner that we're the like crazy fans and there's just no way we're going to be able to have an intellectual conversation about this.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that she also talks about universities and like that because we're both university researchers and we both use our first and last names Yeah. this podcast. I am
0: out there. People can find me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's very interesting because there's like this like phenomenon in K-pop stan spaces where people who like try to think critically or I'm sticking to the facts and like, the reasonable things who try to tout that they also hide behind things Yeah, they use robot voices or they don't show their face we show pictures of our face every single podcast episode oh, yeah. at the end of it we're right you there google out. me
0: i'm everywhere i'm just i'm out there
1: yeah in the open and it's it it's really interesting to see people who like want to join the public arena or not even the public arena but just like public space and talk and criticize about things but then they're not willing to put their face and their name on it like this person you've read a lot of their blog and like their work in the past and this person very much has been involved in fandom spaces and knows how a fandom space works and if she truly did know how fandom space works she knows that a critical part of fandom meta like currently and like fandom discourse and engagement is like how necessary it is to be able to put your name on something yeah. and say, I said this and I believe in this. If You look on Tumblr and LiveJournal, like all the essayists now and all the people we're like, who are like the main proponents of discourse have their real names and real faces tied with that discourse and tied yeah. with those opinions. And they stand on their own two feet about those opinions. And it's important to do that because- That's how you have intellectual conversations with people. Okay, this is not to be mean about it, but you don't hide. Yeah. And it's important to be transparent and be able to talk about like where your opinions are coming from.
0: Yeah. And I will say that people who need anonymity, sure, fine, that's great. But this person, just to give a little bit of background for listeners, this person apparently blocked everyone I know on ARMY Twitter before this or as this podcast came out. So she's not just hiding. She's literally doesn't want us to be a part of this conversation and has decided to just say this kind of garbage out loud and then hide behind her blocked accounts and stuff.
1: That's not how it works. That's not how this works. That's not how fandom discourse works or has ever worked. There's people who have done anonymous things before, but at a certain point in fandom discourse, you got to put your name on it. I'm going to say that I have tons of threads and like that. I have my name on it. People know it's me. People can come talk to me about it, right? And it's a way to have
0: a conversation with you. And this is true in fandom spaces. I know, I don't know if she, she sort of alluded to it here, but even when you're having critical, in quotes, critical conversations in academic spaces, even there has to be a way to have a discourse. You can't have a discourse by yourself.
1: No, that's exactly it. It's like this just want to say things, but have no discourse, like no going back and forth. And that's not how it works. That's not how it ever works. You're in fandom. You know this. You alluded to possibly being an academic or like related to that field. And you know this. Don't be ridiculous. But there's that. Let's let's move on. Let's keep going.
2: Okay. Totally great. Also, someone with you in the room yeah, today, sorry. you want to tap? Tell us who's I've there with you. i got my
3: unofficial third mic here, my cat
2: Chewy. If you're harming Kara, you're harming Chewy, as I think. That's you should have a photo. It's like when you say something mean about me, this is who you're hurting. And then it's the cat. Something to think about. OK, let's start big picture. We'll dive in on late period BTS and all these solo albums, but let's start big picture if we can go back to what feels like something that was like 100 eons ago, which is Big Bang 21, like that era of K-pop groups really starting to make inroads in America. My memory and my recollection going to those shows, listening to those albums is these are musicians, producers, songwriters who were to my mind making an incredible maximalist version of pop music as pop had been constructed in American Europe taking it, amplifying it, piecing together in unexpected juxtapositions. And that, to me, when I think of K-pop as a stylistic expression, not simply an expression of a geographical border, when I think of it as stylistic expression, that's where I start thinking about it. And I, do, I think of that sound as building upon some foundations of American music, whether it's hip-hop, R&B, pop, European pop, Max Martin pop, et cetera, building on that, but also innovating past that. But not making any concessions, frankly, to what was happening in terms of trying to get reverse attention in the American marketplace and elsewhere. That's how it felt to me. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that time period as those groups and the groups around them were building up and and how the dialogues were started with the American marketplace in that era.
1: Okay, before we even continue, I want to see what um, Kara has to say. But before we continue this, just really quick note, Big Bang 21, like all the second generation K-pop groups that I think John is alluding to in this, um, American producers, a lot of the inspiration that these groups pulled from were from America. It's interesting to say, like in the beginning, talk about this part where it's like American slash English language approval, embrace, and dare I say compromise. And then you go back down here and it's, oh, we like K-pop but only when it was like based off of America and things from America. And you could make a lot of arguments about Big Bang in 21 taking a lot of American influence and amplifying it, piecing together in unexpected juxtapositions, as John said. But a lot of it was just American producers, American stylists, American people coming into the K-pop industry and being brought into the K-pop industry in order to replicate what was happening in America. There is no true k-pop experience because a lot of it comes from America. like even we can talk about like first gen like Sitaji, right? Yeah. and people say, father K-pop, that's the father of K-pop. That's the dude right. who started everything. and he very much has talked about like having influence from like rap and RB and like black culture and like that's what it, that what it is. and it, it's so interesting to see here like this kind of like grasp for saying like there's this thing that's specifically k-pop when really what k-pop really is based off of things from america so it's this this cycle once again of there's america k-pop wants stuff from america and is inspired by america and then you like those things that are inspired by america but now that jungkook does stuff in english there's a problem
0: Yeah, i think that's where we're going with this it's okay if they take stuff from america and bring it back to korea to have k-pop but the second they try to then push that back out to an american marketplace it's a compromise of some court sort so i'm hoping we get into this i'm hoping we see where this is going because i'm a little bit confused right now
1: yeah it's so weird to see people try to talk about like- it k-pop culture or what k-pop is especially using big bang and 21 because all big bang and 21 is based off of is like a lot of things from black culture or look at early to late 2000 like all 2000s music and then early 2010s music and all of that from america and from black culture as well is influencing a lot what's happening in k-pop and it's the disconnect that is happening here Uh, let's see what they say. say
3: So, back in starting, really starting with a little bit before that with Rain. I don't know if you remember, Rain appeared on the Colbert Report and you had the Wonder Girls coming through. Korea is a very small country, very small. And they had already spread at this point in the mid 2000s to Japan, which is a massive music market right next door. And so the next step really was this attempt to crack the American market. And they did it in a variety of different ways. So the JYP groups, which is the Wonder Girls, Reign, it feels almost like they took on, tried to to make something American sounding, but it didn't really connect, I think. But these other groups, Big Bang and 21, they did moderate what they were doing a little bit, but It wasn't an attempt to appeal to America or to the West. It's more just an attempt to go big, to go global, to surpass the Korean borders and just be the biggest group on Earth. There are definitely some concessions. There is some use of English. In a lot of these songs, or nonsense words is another one.
2: Post-language.
3: Post-language, yeah. I mean, Ring Ding Dong is Ring Ding Dong no matter what language you speak. You know, you don't need to speak Korean to understand Ring Ding Dong.
1: Okay, once again, really strange attempt to disconnect Big Bang in 21 from Wonder Girls and Rain When they're part of the same collective of attempts to break out of just the Korean market. Just overall really strange yeah how do you feel about it, kate i'm not sure because you don't have a lot of k-pop knowledge
0: yeah i don't have i don't know this is something i need to rectify at some point i don't i yeah i think it's a little weird to be breaking it down like this i will also say i think i'm curious this reference to using some english in their songs as being a concession i would love For someone to give me a different viewpoint on this, because I feel like as with a lot of languages, like English just slips in there as like part of speaking. There's just like sometimes you use English words for things. Am I making sense?
1: Yes. I speak Hmong, which is a it's a language that takes from other languages a lot, because Hmong itself doesn't have a lot of words to describe things. And like, it happens a lot in other languages, and it's not an uncommon thing to use English.
0: Like, you, I have been to many different countries and have listened to many different people speaking many different languages, and English will often, and words and things will just slip in there, right? It's just becomes a part of the dialect. And so, to me, when I hear English being used in Korean or Japanese or any other songs in any language, when I hear English used, I just figure, oh, that made the most sense and made the made it, the word just worked for them for whatever musical reason in that moment. I never think of it as, ah yes, they're using an English word to concede to me and my need to hear English. That doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, that doesn't make sense, especially to call an English word a concession, cause like that that's not how language works okay once again a lot of the songwriters producers you can go back go look at it right second generation a lot and especially third generation a lot of them from america okay or like from like europe or from like any place that's like english speaking or has english very right present so right like even today we see a lot of like samples or like first drafts of songs for K-pop artists. A lot of the producers are on TikTok and like that, and they show the first draft is in all English. And then Korean lyrics get added afterwards. And that happened to a lot of Korean K-pop music throughout the years. And it's not like English is a concession. It's in tandem with Korean when they're making the actual songs. And I
0: just think about, yeah, I just think about when I hear English lyrics or English words as part of the lyrics I just think oh that just is a part of their what they're saying I don't know it's just I never thought of that as being like somehow pandering to me as a fan
1: yeah just really strange framing of it here that's what I would say very strange framing of the use of the English language because it's like both seeing English as this wah, superior language but also it's almost inadvertently seeing Korean as the inferior language.
0: That's basically what they're saying is that the only way to go global is to incorporate and concede to the English as the superior language and incorporate that into their music. Yeah, while othering Korean, basically, which is just wild to me. But then this whole post-language comment about (laughs) where they're like, ring a ding dong is just nonsense words i'm like we all do that like all have
1: it's not nonsense words it's an onomatopoeia and <laughs> it's it's the shiny song by the way kate ring ding dong the SHINee song and to That's give some great. context to listeners and people like kate ring ding dong is a song by shiny which is a second generation k-pop group and they uh it's just, it goes like ring ding dong nah, 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 like that and it actually was banned in korea during i believe finals weekend like that because it gets stuck in people's heads korea <laughs> has a list of songs banned from being played at certain times because of an earworm it is a very culturally significant song to k-pop and it is really important to talk about ring ding dong but the way it's spoken about here is so weird Post-language? I Yeah, no,
0: that was just super weird to me. No other language-speaking person has ever used nonsense words in their music, ever. Yeah,
1: like na-na-na-na, la-la-la, those are all supposedly nonsense words. Right. But they're, like, commonly used in songs for, like, choruses and hooks. and Yeah,
0: it's just a common music thing, so I'm not sure what that, what really that has anything to do with k-pop
1: yeah it's like them trying to take something and specify it to k-pop or make it like special to k-pop when when it's not right interesting okay let's move on
2: and also is this roughly around the time I can't remember if it was before or after when like Girls Generation signed to Interscope in America I remember at some point there was like the first K-pop act signed directly to an American label. Yeah,
3: that would have been around the same time, kind of 2010-ish. I don't know the exact date off the top of my head. But I think with this first wave of groups that really hit it with like the American, at least the online world, is that it wasn't necessarily that they were going after the big mainstream of America because...
1: Okay, I before Carrie even finishes, I need to say this really quick because this is actually a really important piece of history that people, especially studying K-pop, don't remember for some reason. Well, 2010, in like early 2010s era, when K-pop companies were breaking into America, they were appealing to the Asian-American consumer base that was actually consuming the music. Right. That was majority Asian-American. It wasn't like just american like the way they're framing it here is again it feels so ethnocentric and it's not acknowledging how like a lot of like asian american people were centered in like this expansion into america talk to any asian american person from this time and they're like oh yeah big bang 21 like that was like there's so, so many things that are like central to like being asian american like the asian american identity that not being centered here. Kate and I are using like something to get a transcript from the audio of this. And like even me skimming through in the head, there's no conversation of the Asian-American aspect of this expansion into America. And that was so crucial for this time. And it's just seeing like America is like, oh, the American experience. It's no, it's like the Asian-American people who wanted Big Bang and 21 from asia to come to america because in america we don't have asian pop stars
0: no not at all no i actually remember this time in my life even though i wasn't particularly listening to k-pop i just remember because this was also it wasn't just k-pop but it was like k-dramas we were having the whole wave of actual asian media coming into the states and being consumed in a more widespread fashion than we had before and so i remember this happening in my own household and yeah
1: yeah and that was because of asian american people who right. were i
0: should specify my household being full of asian american people besides me so yeah
1: yeah it was like the work of asian american people helping to bridge the disconnect between asia and america at that time this was happening simultaneously with anime as well right. yeah that the was the whole way
0: there was a whole wave right and yes
1: then... with licensing like crunchyroll it was this. the
0: earlier 2000s so this yeah. was probably riding on that wave like riding the yeah, with Crunchyroll
1: and, and Funimation and this connection between the, the East and the West. And people are forgetting to center Asian American voices in that conversation. Right. Kind and Kind of like, crucial, honestly. Yeah. If you look back on research and history, a lot of these things, it is Asian American people who are centered in these conversations and bringing a lot of eastern media they love to america because they want to share it with people right it's hard to contextualize a lot for like younger people now i have a younger sibling who watches anime all the time talks about anime at school and it's like five ten years ago people weren't doing that anime was in not public cool. places no. yeah anime, like me talking like even when i was in like middle school this is gonna age me really yeah, so sure. infer my age but when I was in middle school, it was like, people did not think I was cool for liking anime. I was weird for liking anime. It wasn't until yeah. very recent, even like like during the like lockdown, like COVID lockdown, that's when a lot of people started watching anime. And now a lot of my white friends watch anime and it's a normal thing. Right. But be- before that, anime was not, it was not cool. It was not cool to like Eastern media a lot. Like, people thought I was weird for reading BL manga. And now my white friends are reading BL manga. And they don't understand the concept of BL. They're just like, "Oh, this is a really nice gay love story," and I'm just like, <laughs> "You baffle me. You genuinely baffle me." But here we are now, so it's just, I can't stand this. I can't. I can't. That's why it's feel before. I don't know any of the thoughts, Kate. No, I think that's a very valid thing to say here,
0: and yeah, I want to keep going, but yeah, I want to just validate that. Yes. Clearly, the people running this podcast that we're listening to are not Asian-American themselves, I'm going to just hazard a guess, and yeah, are definitely not centering that experience at all.
3: Because, you know, at this time, 2010, 2011, the competition was just massive. I mean, you were going up against single ladies and Lady Gaga. You could live in a yurt at the top of a mountain and still hear single ladies it at you at that time. There's no way that a group from Korea could compete with that. And so I think what ended up happening was the beginning of a growth of a dedicated K-pop market in the U.S. You start to see things like KCON starts up around this time, SM Entertainment had their own SM town around this time, and you do see groups tour on their own, but. There's also this real attempt at starting to build this brand K-pop that really starts around that time. But actually I think Gangnam Style really took it to the roof. It was very visual heavy, a lot of dances. You would get the, you'd start to see the people doing like the K-pop anywhere dances and putting them up on YouTube and you get the fan participation as well. It's a whole bunch of things. It's not just, making songs and hoping somebody hears them. It was a real dedicated effort to build a K-pop, Cultivate. yeah, a community, a real dedicated audience here in the U.S. that was looking specifically for K-pop for the specific type of combination of music, of visuals, of dancing, and then all the culture that went around it.
1: I just want to say, first off, terrible way to contextualize Gangnam, yeah. Gangnam Style in this conversation, terrible. Okay, Kate, I'm gonna go off really quick.
0: Do it because if you don't, I will, so go for it. Okay,
1: first off, Gagnon style was a meme. It went viral for being a meme. It was not a respected music source. There was more racism around Gagnon style than anything else. It was seen as some silly exotic thing from Korea, and people made fun of it. People made jokes of it. You can see a million parody videos making fun of it. It was not taken seriously. It was not taken as serious music. Second off, people did the dance of Gangnam Style, but they did not see Gangnam Style as an introduction to K-pop. If people saw Gangnam Style as an introduction to K-pop, like then Psy would be decidedly the father of K-pop. And we would all have been into K-pop 10 years ago already. We wouldn't even be having this conversation right now, but because that did not happen, then Gangnam Style did not do what people think that it did. It's over conflation of what Gangnam Style did. Gangnam Style was a meme that was parodied and that was used to mock Asian people, by the way, because I remember being a kid and having people mock Asian people with that song there was a kid in my elementary school who would go up to asian kids doing the gangnam style dance and this kid was white by the way it was not like an introduction to k-pop for people or like introduction to culture to people right or like whatever you want to call it or just industry it was a meme it was something that people made fun of and it was not taken seriously so interesting to see like say here where it's put them up on youtube and you get the fan participation as well it wasn't fan participation it was people mocking and it, it's it like, like and actual then, racism
0: and xenophobia it, it was
1: actual racism and xenophobia that i experienced firsthand as well as in an asian american person and this part is what well, it's not just making songs and hoping somebody hears them it was a real dedicated effort to build a k-pop yeah community a real dedicated audience here in the u.s that was looking specifically for k-pop for a specific type no people in the u.s were not looking for k-pop They were not. They were making fun of it. They saw Psy as this random guy from Korea, this sensation. And the media treated him that way, too. If you go back and you see how the media treated Psy, it's appalling. He was not taken seriously. He was not taken seriously as an artist. He's, bro, he's like, I'm not calling him old. He's just like an older pop star right? Yeah. But he's still banging it out. He's yeah, making he hits. And like he's just amazing work and he's done so much like for Korea and like doing what he could with Gangnam Style, even though people like made fun of it so much. But he did amazing with it, right? But it's like this this misunderstanding of the context behind it. It's so frustrating.
0: Yeah. No, I'm really frustrated with the way it's framed here, especially given that the song itself is it's it's deeply critical of like korean society like the the actual gong style song and so it's like fascinating to see in this one like paragraph here how she's basically summed up the entire american experience of it of oh catchy k-pop song isn't that cute and adorable let's go make fun of it even though it was like this deep critical take on it wasn't really meant to be consumed by the west the way it was because what do we know about gaga
1: yep that's i don't know this just like the accumulation of this podcast is just showing me like oh these people don't know what they're talking about they we're only eight minutes in
0: we're only only eight minutes minutes in in. and it's showing
1: all right let's go into this next part of the podcast
2: It's interesting to think about the rise of K-pop in that moment. You're right. Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, Beyonce's pop era, Rihanna's pop, like truly pop era and being in competition with that. But there is something that happens, I think, in the certainly by the mid-2010s where a lot of those artists are subsiding and certainly we're past the peak boy band era and Justin Timberlake era and even past the peak Justin Bieber era, more or less. And there is this kind of vacuum that's existing at that time, at least in the American marketplace, of if you really just want to hear pop music as genre defined, not popular but pop music, perversely by like the mid twenty ten, there's just not as much of it around. And having been to those early K cons, to the first couple K cons in New Jersey, and the first Big Bang tour and the first Twenty One tour, and I remember being struck to your point about the community that was being cultivated. Obviously, very very young, very diverse. And it really, I remember being at those shows and thinking, this is what the future, forget the puts on stage. This audience is actually what the future of pop music consumption in this country looks like. And obviously, Taylor Swift people, great, Taylor Swift, Taylor going to Taylor, not taking anything away from Taylor. But I remember looking at those audiences and thinking, this is what's going to make a star of 5 to 10 to 15 years from now this range of people with this level of dedication. And to your point, dance is being disseminated being via YouTube and then later Instagram and later TikTok and so on and so forth. So that's how you build the marketplace. But the songs, I feel like have to move in that direction a little bit as well. What, in your mind, is there a song from that era, whether it's solo or group, from those little set of groups, the YG groups, that is emblematic of a song that kind of nodded to an American son's ability, even as it held tight to the kind of framework of what was working in K-pop.
1: Okay, wait. Both of our expressions there. Can we go back to this yeah. part where they, oh my God, I'm trying to find it.
0: He's like saying so much without actually saying any of it out loud. And I'm just like very, what is happening right now?
1: okay it's okay here where he yeah, says like, yeah, right and i remember being struck to your point about the community that was being cultivated obviously very very young very diverse and it really i remember being at the those shows and thinking this is what the future forget the puts on stage this audience is actually what the future of pop music consumption in this country looks like what are you saying what do the Why? words mean how i'm interpreting is like it's big bang and 21 are being seen as and like these k-cons are being seen as disposable they're like this person is not saying that like big bang and 21 and like all these like k-pop groups like in 5 10 20 years they're gonna be the ones shaping pop music in the future they're saying that the audiences of these people will be shaping pop music consumption so it's not even centering the artists i know i was giving a lot of context like that and i have a lot of strong feelings about big bang and 21 but it's like They're also artists. This whole area seems like a complete disregard of the art that is happening.
0: It's just like a really weird turn for me because it's basically saying, oh, gee, look at this audience, this community that's happening, to use their words. And there's such dedication and fervor and and then disconnecting entirely from the thing that, that they're passionate about that the audience is passionate about it's just like a very weird rhetorical I don't know what is going on here he's basically saying oh gee whiz look at all these kids they're so much more diverse than the white pop singers are getting is that what he's saying like I don't know what is going on here but it's not it doesn't feel good
1: yeah it's like very there's so much weirdly worded stuff happening here I feel like he's trying to avoid saying some things
0: and it's definitely avoiding saying many things, but he's doing such a good job that I actually am not sure what he's trying to say here, yeah. it's like this this underhanded is he pointing to that to the whole Asian American market like you were saying, is that what's going? I don't I don't understand what is going on here that he's not saying out loud. And it's making the whole thing feel very weird,
1: yeah, it's obviously very young, very diverse as it this is weird. This is weird. And then, so that's how you build the marketplace. This is not an artist-centered conversation. This is a consumer fan-centered conversation. It's so interesting because they tout so much about Big Bang and 21 above. And Ah. then, and now at this point, they're like, oh, actually focus on the fans. And it's, no, these people are not just entities floating in space. They're connected with the people they are fans of music of.
0: There's an implication here that you put any co-K-pop artist in front of this group and they will just get hysterical and do their fan thing which is not true
1: <laughs> like not yeah, it's just it like, that's
0: not how fandom works
1: but okay all right <laughs> okay uh, we got let's go on to this next let's part move on.
3: the first one that comes to mind is big bang's bad boy with the video shot on the street in was that Brooklyn? I'm not a New Yorker. I
2: think it's Brooklyn. I
3: think it's Brooklyn. Yeah, with the diverse models that are with them. And just, it was so cool. Like, it was just so effortlessly cool. And I remember seeing that video pop up on maybe Gawker or Jezebel. It's It was the kind of thing that could appeal to a normal music listener, a very
1: online normal music listener.
2: Who was not steeped in... K-pop lore. Yes, they
1: okay, I gotta stop them right there. A very online normal music listener. You mean an American music listener?
0: They mean somebody under the age of thirty. I think this was their implication here. is right. if you imagine twenty ten, there would have been a larger number of people older than thirty not chronically online, but still, yeah, this is a little that I again
1: also when they're talking about like, it was so cool like it was just so effortlessly cool yeah because it was co-opting a lot of things from black culture like black american culture like, like literally in brooklyn yeah yeah it's in brooklyn it's filmed in brooklyn with diverse models you want to know who was doing that during this time black artists what opinions happening right now a lot opinions. going on here okay let's just try to keep going you weren't in the lore it was just it looked cool it sounded cool
3: k-pop in korea in japan is part of something called idol culture and idol culture can be very i don't know what the kids say they can be very extra very over the top <laughs> very, it has a certain aesthetic that may not appeal to to those of us in america without the cultural grounding for it i mean you can just look up videos by a group like akb48 it's a very specific look and the boy groups also have they can have a very specific look that's just not appealing to an american palette but something like bad boy it really they just look they look cool the diverse women that were in the video it was set in brooklyn and it just sounded like a good pop song
2: let's listen to a little bit of bad boy <laughs>
1: we all heard bad boy right there by big bang and yeah diverse women in the video said in brooklyn this song is also like reminiscent of r&b black Mm -hmm. culture black american culture i have done a lot of work in fandom around the cultural exchange of east to west and also the interaction of fandom co-opting a lot of black culture and it's like The way there is so much going on here and not a single mention of Black culture. Just not a, just nothing. Amazing,
0: actually, that we've gotten this far into this podcast.
1: We've had a couple
0: of hints here and there about hip hop, but not, nothing super out there.
1: It's baffling, Kate. It is truly baffling. They are, like, circling around it. Like, they are on the edge, hanging out, but it's like, they're, It's not present. It's not there. Are they not aware of it? Because what they're describing is not K pop culture. It's not K pop. It's, or like YG co opts Black culture and puts it into K pop groups to appeal to the American market. And it's like a whole thing. And this is this from culture from Black people, right? In America.
0: In America. I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm having feelings.
1: This is not. Like, some type of, oh, they're different from other K-pop groups, and they're not, like, other people. It's, yeah, they're not like a lot of the other groups, but, like, still all the groups are co-opting from a culture from America. I I don't know how to better describe this. It really is just, like, a co-opting of culture. Yeah. And even when we listen to the song, like, that is so reminiscent of 2000s, like, Hip hop and like R and B songs, right?
0: Yeah, right.
1: And it, like, it is baffling to me. It is okay. We're gonna go into the next part of this podcast. Guys.
2: The other thing that I was always struck by about those two groups in particular, and then the so the solo, you know, particularly G Dragon solo and CL solo, but like you start to see those artists in dialogue, implicitly or otherwise, with the other pop acts of their moment from other countries. They are going to fashion runway shows that like others, they are being brought in to what I think of as the celebrity gauntlet that a normal American pop star gets put through, but they're being brought in and saying, you go through that as well. And you're on equal standing in essence. And often I remember just even being at a few kind of random fashion shows in like the the late 2010s and there'd be K-pop stars who were to me not a level stars but they would show up and the amount of out the amount of attention afforded them was like hugely disproportionate and that was really striking to me i'm used to seeing people swoon over celebrities that's part of my job at this point but i was it was very blown away by that i can you talk a little bit about the ways in which these extra musical factors helped bring these musicians into a broader american and and Western consciousness.
3: That's also a big part of the just the general how you wave as well. But yeah, fashion is huge with G-Dragon, especially. And then Top from Big Bang also has a lot of connections in the art world and the fine arts world. He's very respected. The goal, I think, as a, a K-pop idol, as a K-pop star is to break out of to break out of the screen, break out of the TV. But You can't dance in high heels forever. So, (laughs) so the, the goal is always to like Jessica Jung from Girls' Generation, also very involved in fashion. Acting is a big one and Parasite just won the Oscar. So, I mean, that the whole acting world is also another way to get these stars exposure, get them on the movie screen, get them on your TV screen. So somebody like. Taesyeon from 2PM. He was in a Netflix drama. These are other avenues that intersect with other forms of celebrity. Now, within the last few years, there's also been like the political realm. You have BTS going to the UN, Seventeen was just at the UN. And so, yeah, like these K-pop stars have become just understood as magnets of attention especially online.
2: They're real vectors for any number of causes or promotional opportunities, anything across the spectrum.
3: Yeah, and so it's, if you're gonna have a new exhibit at the Met, you can get a K-pop star in, just call up the embassy, get a, get, a, get a K-pop star in to, to talk about it and you'll get attention, you'll get the clicks, you'll get the, the media attention.
1: Oh, okay. They just said the quiet part aloud. Like the disregard of these, like, like K-pop is seen as like a stepping stone. It's not like actual art. Here we're talking. (laughs) I just I'm a little speechless. I'm a little
0: speechless actually. This part
1: part where, where where Kara says, but you can't dance in high heels forever. What are you saying? It's like this disregard of of like what they're creating as K-pop artists. Are we supposed to respect K-pop, or are we not supposed to? Like, what? What I'm is
0: really confused by I? I'm actually speechless. Actually,
1: <laughs> what? what? There's no talk of their music here there's no centering of their performance skills or their dancing it's all oh they do k-pop but then they do these other things that we deem more important
0: and this has been true of this entire podcast up until now we they keep talking about this stuff as if it's a k-pop thing but western musicians often cross over into other realms literally everything they've said so far in this entire show is not just about k-pop absolutely none of it i'm actually a little baffled by all of this because no no musician ever has acted in a movie unless they're korean i don't understand what are they trying to say here (laughs) and just the total disregard for the artists and the doing their i just uh, wow
1: it's this de-centering of their art and then they're no longer artists they're like what, it, it's, influencers like
0: yeah they're basically saying oh yeah these are just cute pretty influencers we can just stick them where we need them to get oh, clicks. this
1: part bothered me so much just call up the embassy get a k-pop star get, to like, talk the, about it the You'll objectification
0: the dehumanization of these artists, is just, I'm just, I'm floored. I'm actually floored right now.
1: These aren't just K-pop stars. These are real people with real these feelings like, and emotions.
0: Exactly. And often, most of them started in this business very young, and this has been their dream. But sure, we can just dime a dozen, call up and have those ordered in. What the, like, i say it so you don't have to bleep me, but Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> yeah even just like brushing over bts going to the un they went to the un because they made the love yourself series and then they had a campaign with the un the love with myself the literal campaign. UN, yeah yeah and and then 17 talking to the un that talking at the un that was also significant as well not they're not just like being called up to go right, right. these are real people with real feelings and about what they're talking about
0: It's just so dismissive of the humanitarian efforts that these groups have been doing. It just, it's so dismissive and dehumanizing. I'm just, I'm really floored that people said this out loud and decided to share it in a podcast.
1: Yeah. Because here, where Kara says, you'll get the clicks, you'll get the media attention. And that's not why these K-pop groups are doing it. These K-pop groups, when they talk about this, they actually genuinely believe in it. And even talking about how Top is interested in the art world and fine arts, he genuinely believes in it and talks about it. It's not just just, a cute little side thing he does, right? And also talking about Jessica Jung from Girls' Generation starting her fashion company. And like, that's like something she genuinely believed in. And she did. She's not just like a fun side project, right? Throwing
0: Parasite in there. I just like this whole thing. I'm just like, it's, this is all, I'm floored. I'm actually floored.
1: Parasite winning the Oscar was, like, that's more than just a talking point. That's cultural shift. That's cultural change. It. I'm so upset with how, like, that this, these people had the audacity to say this. Yeah, this, is,
0: I knew this was going to be bad, but I did not foresee the depths in which we were going to traverse here.
1: It is actually so dehumanizing.
0: It's, it's bad. It's bad.
1: It just... Let's, we got to keep going. We can't, we can't be mad forever.
2: So given all that, given that up through the mid 2010s, at least I would think maybe the late 2010s, the footprint of K-pop artists globally was growing, but the music still didn't, at least to my ears, didn't feel like overly concessionary to American pop tastes or European pop tastes. And one of the things, again, that I deeply admired about it was, I think sometimes people look at the idiosyncrasies as irregularities to be like sandpapered down. But to me, so many of the idiosyncrasies ended up becoming central musical tenets of the scene. And I remember thinking, okay, you could succeed with these things that feel idiosyncratic through an American perspective, and then actually send that back over here and say actually no this is the right way to do pop like not the way you've been doing it this is the right way and i thought that held huge promise for the future of global pop i was really excited about that it's interesting now to talk about bts and the evolution and expansion of bts and also like the second or third phase of bts because i do think there hit a moment when bts said or the people pulling the strings on BTS, said, in essence, you're an English language group, and you, or we're going to make these songs that are leading with English, presumably to get a tremendous amount of attention and open up a lot of opportunity in America and elsewhere. But is that what makes BTS great when BTS was great? that's been a bit of a head scratch for me and I wonder how you perceive. because BTS I think is the first group of that scale to have to reckon with this in real time those other groups are talking about they went to military service they're doing solo work it's they predated the real pressure points BTS is living through the pressure points
1: okay before Kara even begins talking about this question and going into the more this topic we gotta touch on a couple things here okay first off the world is not centered around American pop taste or European pop taste. Really, it's American pop taste that these people yeah. are talking about. It is not yes. just European pop taste. European pop yeah. tastes are actually different from the American pop taste. Watch any Eurovision performance. It's literally any
0: Eurovision. Any. Sorry.
1: They are very different. Okay? Let's get that out of the way first. Okay? This conversation about global pop. Okay? Look at TikTok. Can she a zoo? He is a Japanese music artist. He is number one in Japan. He is breaking through into the global pop music industry. And there's a lot of Japanese music artists that are breaking through into the global pop music industry. And the world does not center around the American perspective. There are people across the world who are excited about music from Korea, from Japan, from all sorts of different countries. From China? Like there were people excited about music from different countries that's not from America and like this centering on the American perspective again so ethnocentric and just so strange so strange I don't know Kate what, let's talk about that real quick before we break into this the specific parts where he talks about BTS because we're gonna be there yeah, for a bit I
0: have made my feelings known about this whole idea that America is the center of the world is just such bullshit and the fact that people can't get their heads out of their butts and realize that is really frustrating to me like the whole idea that as somebody who lives and was born in america i can't possibly listen to anything not in english is wild i've been listening to global music from all over the place since infancy right Uh, number of actually now I'm thinking about a number of the songs I listened to as a small child were in German and they were on the radio think about that I just I yeah so I I think that there's a lot of assumptions being baked into this and into this guy's perspective that just if we want to talk about American taste in music I guess that is a conversation we can have but I don't agree with him. (laughs)
1: <laughs> me neither it is what a, an opinion we can let's go into this bts part shall we Ooh. it is by the way this phase of bts is happening right now it's called chapter two bts themselves have named it as chapter two if you watched anything bts related you would know that question I, that's one. a
0: pretty that's a strong assumption to be making about these people at this moment i'm starting to feel that they would watch any actual related content this here.
1: sentence bothers me so much. Please, because I do think there hit a moment where BTS said, or the people pulling strings on BTS said, in essence, you're an English language group. Whoa, there, buddy. No need to be a manty <laughs> on a podcast. You're going to put your real name next to being a Manti, a manager. <laughs> oh, BTS are being controlled by their company. BTS, as music artists, not even just K pop music artists, show so much autonomy over everything they do oh
0: my gosh and they've talked about this repeatedly in interviews publicly this isn't news people they've been been talking about their autonomy for a long time
1: yes namjoon would not have been able to post a video of him drunk singing to army about how much he loves army there's like the video on twitter of him doing that and he wouldn't have been able to post that if he was somehow controlled
0: right even the
1: solo rollouts now very much show that, yeah. that they all have a lot of control over what right. they're doing. Especially Hobie's releases. He has a lot of control over what he's doing and he knows what he's doing. Yeah, He made Jack in the Box and then he made the Hope Edition for the anniversary. And that was very meaningful to him. And he wanted to do that. And he chose to do that. If I was a business person, I would advise him to not do that. Because I'm like, you know what? You should just release it all at once. It would be the best for charting. But he didn't want that. He wanted the anniversary release. He had a whole plan. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. Okay. And there's also the instances of the members releasing songs and then promoting in different spaces. Some members don't always do radio promotion for their music. I wonder why. Maybe it's because they don't want to do radio promotion.
0: Maybe they've made decisions about their own lives and this is what they're going forward with. Yeah. Indigo being released in Christmas season
1: chose that okay yeah he could have not done that there was space for him to not release it during december but he chose to release it during december chose it okay and these
0: are all educated men they have literal degrees in business and stuff so i'm not questioning that they're gonna do what they want and they have the freedom to do so can we talk about the second half of this sentence go ahead all (laughs) the part where apparently somebody somewhere has deemed bts to be an english language group because i missed the memo on that one did you hear you the memo it too
1: it's almost wow. like maybe they want to explore music in different avenues oh almost it's, like maybe it's almost maybe there's different audiences that they want to reach because huh. the armies we talk about this a lot the english trilogy okay dynamite Butter, PTD. Persian dance. they were what we all call a trojan horse yeah they were yeah. meant to be good great messages to go out to the world in a time of despair by the way yeah let's take in mind here millions of people have died globally from covid yeah let's absorb that really quick yeah and covid was a tragedy and still is a tragedy
0: it's an ongoing tragedy
1: And our society is not healed from that at all. The BTS, they've talked about this. They were going to go to the military. So that way they could be back in time for their 10th anniversary. But they chose not to because they wanted to make music and be a light of hope during a really awful time. Yeah. And they were. They helped a lot of people.
0: The sheer number of people that I have heard And that have, I have, from a research perspective, I have data on this. The sheer number of people that have been like, I was at the end of my rope. This was the end of the road for me. I was in a really dark place, and BTS helped lift me out of that. And just the sheer number of people I've heard that same exact story from, I just, to dismiss this trilogy as just oh them trying to break into a market or something it's just it just does such a disservice to what they were trying to do with it and what they like the sacrifices they made in their own careers so that they could do this
1: I always find it so strange when people try to see the English trilogy as like oh it's just them selling out and like that when it wasn't it was them trying to reach a larger group of people so they could share their message and share their love with people and it was crucial and important for them to do that and people yeah just like coming here and saying oh they're just saying forced to speak and in, in, like speak in english and sing in english No, it was a choice a calculated choice and just think of the
0: other stuff that was released while the trilogy was released right because we got dynamite but then we had the entire b album which was just like comfort in a box it's just like instant comfort and uh yes dynamite was in english but all the other songs had korean in them right like Majority I, where patient. is the where is this coming from? This you're an English language group now, and you've released these three songs out of the hundreds of songs that they've released, hundreds of songs. These three songs clearly mean that they have, I don't know what sold out. What are what it what is the implication here that they've jumped ship? I don't know. It's just wild to me. Wild,
1: actually wild. And then after B was proof. Mm-hmm. And when they release proof, three new songs for youth, run BTS, and then yet to come. It all, what are they songs in what
0: language? What la- all notably in Korean.
1: Korean. Let's be real here. Be so real. This is. They are not whatever you're trying to say they are here. That is just factually incorrect. It's almost like if you actually listen to what the members say, that they'll say the truth it's almost yeah i anyway final thoughts on this before we go to kara's section
0: let's just hear how she responds i'm curious to see how she responds to this
3: bts is an interesting case study i think because their whole career bts from the very beginning they're a chameleon group they started off in the mold of block b and follow these different styles of K-pop. They did the VIX thing where they were doing all these different concepts and eventually they landed on, you know, Mic Drop, which kind of a jock jamsy song. And, and then, you know, it's at that point, I guess, 2017, 20, 2018, 20, where they, they morphed or started morphing into a more, a group aimed more at an American boy band audience, rather than a band aimed at the American K-pop audience. And I think the way that they were received in America was as a boy band. I think of it as their One Direction era, because they're using some of these same songwriters. You know, it's the Jonas Brothers. It's that era of boy band.
2: Do you feel like, is Mike Drop the song where you think the pivot hits? Is it Fake Love the song where the pivot hits? Like where, whereabouts there, where did you take notice and say, ah, okay, they pivoted?
3: For me, I think it was Mike Drop because they got on Steve Aoki, just to my ears. I didn't really understand why they had this big touted collab with a guy I'd never heard of before. I don't follow EDM, so.
2: It's also not that big, no, no shots of Steve Aoki. It's not that big of a get. <laughs> like of all the gets that they've gotten that's not that big of a (laughs) get. wait should we listen to a little bit of mic drop i think it'd be good just to hear like the let's listen to mic drop steve aoki remix and designer is on this remix to your point i also took note of this at the time even though i don't think this is a particularly great job of bringing coming over into this space it's a little bit arbitrary
1: okay before we even go further into that let's review let's review mic drop is that they're defining? coming after mic drop of all the things they're, Mike coming
0: drop? After, they're coming after mic drop <sighs>
1: Also, can i just say this dig at steve aoki is like really weird too like the it's edm scene weird. in america is huge it brings in millions of dollars and millions of dollars a year
0: like i literally know nothing and i had heard of steve aoki so i don't know why this guy's saying he's not that big whatever
1: what's yeah. the di- what's with the dig? like yeah weird. it feels a little weird. unnecessary yeah, really unnecessary. And also, this like weird, like I guess, 2718, where they morphed to start morphing into a more group aimed more at an American boy band audience rather than aimed at the American K pop audience. Yeah, because they got bigger. They also want to explore different things. Like BTS having the Love Yourself series was that was born out of them wanting to reach a large audience about their messages and their music. This is not them all of a sudden deciding, we're going to be American.
0: Right? This feels a lot like all the things that that make their rounds on ARMY Twitter where it's, oh, I miss the old BTS. That's what this feels like, this whole part of... uh, Musicians are artists. They're not going to do the same thing over and over again. They're going to want to do new things? I don't understand, like... (laughs) You can't just keep making the same song over and over again. People are going to lose interest. You're going to get bored. doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah. Also, saying the American boy band audience, BTS have made a lot of songs that are not American boy band. I can attest audience to the friendly. that
0: I am not, that is not me. I am t- literally don't know anything about any American boy bands. The last one... I guess I can name one direction because it's here in the text, but I literally don't know. I like, I just, I've never subscribed to that kind of, that's just never been me. And so it's just like interesting to see this laid out like this as if that's who they're capturing when BTS has, gosh, just from my moots, like everybody comes from such different musical tastes and backgrounds. Like I have a bunch of like people who like usually only listen to classical music and they like BTS, right? And then there's people like me who are like more like come from the heavy metal, alt rock era of things. And I just, it's so interesting to me that BTS has captured such a wide range of musical tastes. And here, all of that is being completely dismissed.
1: It's weird how these people, when they're speaking about BTS, act like they, they know so much about them when okay let's contextualize this really quick bts the reason the 2017 2016 music exists is because of the 20 2016 music yeah like with the wings album like what they did with the mm-hmm. most beautiful moment in life series like they had a whole series before love yourself right and because people especially people in america especially a lot of american armies shout out to them you know the ogs who like carried and brought bts to america basically like, people don't talk about this a lot, but, like, Army's brought BTS to America. They voted for BTS in the Top Social Artist Award for Billboard. And they voted so overwhelmingly that they broke Justin Bieber's, what, nine-year reign of him being the most voted. They broke that. And then Billboard took away that award because BTS kept winning it every year. And they were mad about it. Army brought BTS to America. And the reason BTS started promoting America more was because there was already demand in America for them. It was proven through the armies bringing them to America, basically. I think Namjun said this before, but it's like how like armies have taken like this group from Korea and then like given them wings to come to America. And it's a whole thing. And yeah. it's like this disregard. It's like this disconnect where they think that, like, oh, BTS are trying to promote in America to get an American audience. No, they already had it. Yeah. They already had it. They didn't. And this they didn't is like
0: even... completely dismissing all the labor that ARMY did to the groundwork that ARMY did to bring them over. It completely dismisses all of that because that's not recognized. Because again, there's this huge disconnect between the artist and their fandom. They seem to be interchangeable or separable in some way, which is not how fandom works.
1: (laughs) It's not. You think someone who supposedly has 20 years of experience... Know that this is so strange, so strange how these people try to act like they have so much credibility in this conversation when they don't. They are making assumptions and connections that aren't there. Also, I just don't like people digging at Mic Drop or Steve Aoki. There's nothing wrong with that song or this remix. Goodness gracious, let's just keep going. We're gonna be here all day. It's a little
3: bit awkward too. The song's a little awkward and it's still
1: in that awkward BTS era. Like, they still have some. It's not awkward. It's them progressing. You know what songs BTS started with? Rap and hip hop. No more dream, n.o dot oh Mike drop's a rap song.
0: This is very subjective. What is what does awkward mean? What does that mean?
1: We got to keep going. But, I needed to stop at that because that's actually ridiculous yeah. to think that like this like Mike drop is not progression of BTS's sound and musicality as artists. Like them working with Steve Aoki, them working with designer like that. BTS at their core are rap are like centered around rap and hip-hop yeah.
3: nods to like the K-pop of it all with the very intricate choreography where if you've ever seen any of the stages they have members running in and out and doing all these different things and they're very stylized in their costuming but it definitely did have that sense of yeah we're gonna get some names that Americans will know and it wasn't like going back to Big Bang where you had G-Dragon with Missy Elliott or you had Diplo actually reaching out to work with GD and T.O.P. and that's just had a very different feel to it.
2: I once spent a night in a studio with Diplo and CL for a story that never came out. Oh so really wild really strange night we then went we were in the studio then we went to an Usher concert I can't remember then we like went back to the studio it was a very let that story that's one for the memoir, so that's it. it didn't come out. But shout out CL, Shout out to Diplo. The great night. So yes, I agree. It, there's an awkwardness to it. It's
1: what are they even saying? What are they saying? It's point, and it was going back like where Kara says here, and it was going back to Big Bang where you had G Dragon, Missy CL, or you had Diplo actually reaching out to work with Judy and, and Top, and it's just a very different feel to it. BTS working with Steve Aoki was like it was an artistic thing. Steve Aoki is in Jungkook's documentary
0: yeah that like yeah they clearly have an actual relationship it's not just like it was not a one-off collab
1: yeah and i, I can't I, acknowledge like maybe they had a one-off collab with designer steve aoki it's very different so strange so yeah strange. i'm not
0: like actually sure what their point is all i've heard so far is that my drop was awkward and then we got this wild night out with some other folks that has nothing to do with anything so cool
1: cool cool you know the people that you're praising yeah great glad to know
0: you have a relationship there
1: cool cool anyway
2: there's an awkwardness to it it's also I think and this is 2018 I think or 17 I think there's still some like uncertainty amongst American musicians and like what is this? Like, can I get on these records? Like, does it make sense for me to, get... in the same way that like Despacito, Justin Bieber getting on Despacito didn't seem obvious until it seemed like the most obvious thing in the world. I think that was still a moment before everybody understood, oh, we can collaborate with anyone. That's actually a positive. This was still like a very tentative moment in outreach in both directions, I think.
3: And there were still... I think just a confusion over what K pop was because all of that stuff that had happened around Gundam style, I think for most normal music listeners or just normal pop culture consumers, that kind of idea of like the bright colors, it's hilarious. There's a lot happening on screen. That is K pop, just this weirdness on my phone. And then to be faced with these guys making a song that, all of a sudden, who are all these girls screaming in the audience of, like, the Billboard Music Awards? Like, where did these girls come from? And it's, like, kind of reckoning, like, oh, this is K-pop? These guys dancing on stage? Oh, they're they're a boy band. And one of the things that you've seen over the last few years, it's actually been kind of touching, or, you know, like, um, New Kids on the Block and Backstreet Boys going, hey, BTS, that's cute. Yeah, like, they're like, oh, we get you. But there are also dangers to that approach because the boy band in America, you have a limited shelf life. These K-pop acts can continue for many years past kind of what we would consider a sell by date, but you slot yourself into that boy band slot. It's a hard road. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I would say also BTS in this time period, 2018, 2019, 2020, you're starting to understand there, again, there's these more more tentative outreaches in both directions. I think that the way that they play with hip-hop is important. Obviously, they're not alone in that, but the way to play at hip-hop is important. And I think gets them a little bit of maybe extra attention in America. But to me, like the real, I mean, if there's a breaking point, to me, the breaking point is butter. And let's listen to a little bit of butter. Before
1: we even do that. One second. Here where he says, obviously, they're not alone in that, but the way they play at hip hop is important. And I think it gets them a little bit of maybe extra attention in America. BTS using hip hop in their music is not a selling point or like a random thing they do to get people to care about them. It's integral to their music and musicality as musicians. It is their inspiration. It is their art. It is not some type of speaking point strange yes.
0: wild the the places this podcast is going is just wild
1: <laughs> i can't let's listen to butter
2: I listen to this and I think where did BTS go? Like where did they go? Who has them? Where are, they, where are they trapped? Who's doing this? Why are we doing this? It felt incredibly craven. It's a business decision masquerading as a pop hit and it is in fact a number one pop hit and this is the beginning of three number one US Billboard Hot 100 number ones for BTS. "This Butter, Permission to Dance and My Universe with Coldplay, I mean, I'll take I, I, <laughs> I'll take Steve Aoki and designer over Coldplay for what it's worth. What happened in this moment, this is we're in 2021 at this point, BTS is undeniable in terms of scale. Why at that moment is this the aesthetic direction that this group went? Wait, what happened
0: to
1: Dynamite? Dynamite exists. I i, know, I like, I'm very confused. Did they just skip over the fact that Dynamite exists?
0: He did, just now.
1: Also, let's keep in mind that Dynamite wasn't even the first all-English song BTS have done. They've done other all-English songs before Dynamite. All-English songs that BTS have made, they've they've experimented with all-English songs, and then they made Dynamite, which was, again, Trojan Horse, again, hope to the world in a time of sadness and death and anxiety, and then, like all you kate all you I, i'm just
0: i what i see i was sitting here thinking oh we're talking about the trilogy three trilogy this is three blah blah and i'm like oh okay we're doing butter ptd and my universe which ironically has korean in it i'd love to see how they're gonna have this conversation
1: yeah the dig at coldplay i don't like either stop oh, digging. God. Why are we hating
0: on other artists? Let's not do that. Actually, that's actually not necessary.
1: Coldplay are currently touring and their tour gets sold out immediately. Every single time they're selling tickets, any country they tour in. Yeah. And it's you're trying to dig at Coldplay at Coldplay. That's
0: what we're doing here, apparently.
1: So strange. It just like this somehow bafflement of like, where did BTS go? Like, oh, where no, did that they was go? Just so bad. Who has them? You're not even funny when you're trying to say that. At least be funny. Be like, where did they go? You're not even funny. You're not even funny when you say that type of stuff. Saying that this is a business decision masquerading as a pop hit. This is funny that okay. This is funny that he says it because yeah. Butter actually has more credit writing credits to the BTS members. <laughs> Dynamite yep. doesn't have any of the members on the credits. Right. But Butter does.
0: All right. I, I want to know where they're going with this, because to leave out Dynamite entirely is just... It's a take that I am curious to see
1: It's so weird. Up. When people talk about the English trilogy, they say Dynamite, Butter, Push, and Dance. We said it earlier. Yeah, we literally, like literally that...
0: said it in this. i so confused. I'm glad he liked Dynamite enough not to slam it here? Question mark? Let's find Let's out where going. they're going with this. I
3: would say... They were undeniable in terms of being able to drive metrics. The thing with BTS that I think you have to understand is unlike some of these other groups that we've talked about, they were coming from a company called, first it was Big Hit, but then it became HYBE
1: and HYBE was really looking to grow. Incorrect big hit still exists hybe is the parent company do we need to pull out the business chart again do we need to pull it out we might have to we're them? just
0: gonna fact check this whole podcast for you
1: all i'm <sighs> gonna fact check it because hybe is the parent company it's the big one but big hit still exists underneath it and big hit by the way is 100 independent so they make Ooh, all their own decisions they just get right. resources and money from hybe but no one can touch big hit or tell them what to do yeah that's yeah. how it works guys this tells me a lot that they don't yeah. understand the basic business breakdown yeah. of it because anyone trying to have a conversation about the business part of Hybe or Big Hit you need a no business breakdown
0: I, I will tell you that this woman had absolutely nothing nice to say about Bank PD or Hybe there was a lot of negative takes shall we say on her blog so her saying this not at all surprising to me
1: yeah not surprising at all also let's talk about it there is techno orientalism rooted in how people talk about Bang pd and hybe yeah. as well Bang pd is not an unfeeling man he basically supports unions for idol he has done so much that's so revolutionary and strange for a ceo to talk about and do especially in music that's huh you don't need to be doing all that but you are and that's wild yeah and It's just, it's this dehumanization of Bang PD as a person, which is, again, xenophobic, inherently, point blank. And then this dehumanization of just, like, people who work at HYBE and then, like, this exoticizing HYBE as, like, this foreign company. So strange, so strange. Let's listen to the rest of this. And it was looking to
3: grow very fast. And so a lot of these decisions stem from in my opinion a desire to raise a lot of money like like all at once
2: so basically to have the group have the big hit in to raise the valuation of the company to raise money to grow the company
3: correct because
2: we do that with (laughs) popcast all the time
3: the thing like hype had tried they have another boy band tomorrow by together txt that they had tried to soft launch as bts's little brothers in 2018 or 2019 i think it's 2019 but it didn't really take off and something with these k-pop companies that really does keep them growing and keep fans engaged is that the fans as older groups slow down especially with the boy groups they have to go into the military but even the girl groups they'll go do acting or go do fashion or other things and fans move on they adopt a younger group and this did not happen with Tomorrow Play Together, the BTS fans had who had come in, they just stayed BTS fans.
2: Is that on, un- and that's pretty uncommon? That's
3: very uncommon.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. I mean, it has changed a bit now where you do see ironically that some of these BTS fans have moved on to Hybe's girl groups rather than the boy groups. Damn. Yeah.
0: It's
2: interesting. I'm sorry, TXT. <laughs> I'm feel, I feel, feeling bad. <laughs>
0: What? What was all of that I just listened to? Weird.
1: Okay. Let's contextualize some of this, shall we? (laughs) TXT, debut 2019. Debuted as BTS' Little Brothers. They lost momentum. You want to know why? Because they had to delay their first major comeback because the members got sick.
0: Because, I don't know, there was, like, a whole thing going on, and yeah.
1: Yeah, because I actually, very briefly, was more involved as a MOA. I'm not anymore, because... I've decided that I am not interested in engaging with other K-pop fandoms. But there was a period of time where I was very involved as a MOA. And let me tell you that MOAs, basically, they did a lot for TXT when they first started. They are still doing a lot, right? You have to build a fandom. A fandom that is huge and amazing and wonderful does not get built overnight. MOAs are still building the fandom to this day, okay? They lost a lot of momentum when Crown first came out, their first debut song. And because of the members getting sick and then the comeback not being able to happen. But then they've been building since then. And and they still are. And TXT were not meant to replace BTS ever. That was never the goal or intention behind TXT. So it's very weird to frame it as that. Because yeah. or frame the idea that the BTS fans who would come in, that it's bad that they just stayed BTS fans. Yeah, I think that's, CS like, the,
0: the weirdest take out of all of these very weird takes for me is, like,
1: again,
0: assuming that we as fans are so fickle that we'll just swap the boys out willy-nilly. We'll just be like, oh, yeah, sure, they are all Korean, so it must be fine. I don't know, what is what are they trying to say here? Because, like, again, what we had just said is a lot of people came to BTS and stayed with BTS because BTS was emotionally supportive for them, was an emotional outlet for them. You can't just interchange that with another group. And I, I don't know, this is a very weird... It, it feels very othering in that they're like, obviously because these Korean businessmen were all just like playing with their, I don't know, musical dolls. I, I It just feels very... I. I hate it thanks
1: <laughs> yeah again the dehumanization of idols the the de of their artistry because txt are actually involved in their music production as well and like, the lyric writing they're not just fed stuff and they do it they actually they're artists they're yeah. artists okay let's like, be real yeah and also it's it, this part down here is so interesting like where do you see uh, ironically some of these bts fans have moved on to hype's girl groups rather than boy groups and, I want
0: the numbers.
1: I want where the she numbers, yeah.
0: this, I, Where is she getting this data from? Because I, it's the first time I'm hearing this statistic.
1: Because I could see the casual stands moving on to other groups because they just want the, the shiny new thing. But the core armies that I know, still armies, still hanging out. You know, all these other fandoms, why they struggle so much? Because they can't build... Like core funding fan bases. They can't build core streaming fan bases. They can't build core voting fan bases. They can't build these core fan bases because they don't understand how to. That's why they struggle so much. Talking about TXT and contextualizing the experience of MOAs, MOAs as a group, a lot of them try to build these core fan bases and do these things. But armies aren't going to stick around and tell them how to do it, right? MOAs need to build things by themselves moas if they're gonna do anything they need to build it themselves they can't be asking armies to sacrifice their time and energy to build it it's so strange because it's like basically these people are asking like oh armies need to like you know move on they need to do other things well no if they're gonna be a group they need to make their own fans they need to have their own fans they need to build their own fan bases build their own fandom they need to do their own thing then these girl groups as well they don't have army power army power is way different from what these other groups have People see new genes and how they're viral trending right now. They're not going to be like that five years from down the line, right? Their fandom has to drastically change for them to continue as a group. Because we're already seeing groups that debuted 2018, 2019, 2020 disbanding. Because they're not able to get any support. They're not able to continue as a group. But, like, these groups, if they want the longevity of BTS, they have to... Their fans, their own fans, not armies going into those fandoms and you know setting up shop again their own fans need to figure it out i've talked about this with other funding people too these groups will not thrive in the next couple of years if they can't figure out funding like if you can't figure out how to buy music for your group you're not going to chart and you're not going fi- to be able to figure it out you're not it's just that's just how it works and uh, it's so weird to see people have these takes it's like you truly don't understand what you're talking about
0: yeah They don't understand the musicians. They don't understand the fandoms, the communities, like at all.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. We need to listen to this next part because this is appalling. This is appalling. Basically, they were a one trick
3: pony and they had to ride that pony until that pony could not go any further. And so I think really what you see there is a reaction to a lot of different factors, including the pandemic, including they had this. Massive 2020 world tour scheduled that they had to cancel and they didn't have necessarily the resources to refund all that ticket money right away.
2: Oh, and
3: they also had, development of all these tech things. Hybe has a massive presence in tech. They have a fan platform that they're really trying to get even American acts on. They have their fingers in a bunch of different pies, but yeah, at this point, my impression anyway was with these songs they really they needed the cash and this was one way to do it
1: speak speak it speak it kate oh wow
0: that's a take and a half oh wow wow
1: yeah i'd like to say as someone who had a map of the soul 7 ticket i got it refunded it's fine. I, Don't know where this conspiracy about this is.
0: Like, this, there's so canceling. much going. There's so much going on here. Uh, conspiracy theory levels of
1: wow. And like, like, why did they not refund the ticket money right away? Because they thought they could tour. And then to
0: conflate this in with Hive's investment in tech companies and the Weaver social media platform, which like it feels negative the way she's framing it here around oh you know trying to get us on this new social media platform whatever is going on here I'm not really sure what where she's going with this but like it's smart in terms of especially when we see things like the way Twitter has been going it's smart actually to invest I wish they were doing a better job of it honestly to actually create a social media platform rather than whatever it is they're doing with viewers right now
1: yeah I'm not liking the way that they keep describing the English trilogy as cash grabs
0: yeah no it's it's making me feel dark feelings inside.
1: That's not how it works. These are not cash yeah. grabs. They did produce a lot of money. realistically. But that was all super last minute. This was not somehow carefully, meticulously planned that this is gonna be evil for money. No.
0: Again, That's very not. weird that they've not actually they're not actually talking about dynamite either, which
1: Yeah, it's so weird. Where is dynamite? This... We gotta keep going. If they don't mention dynamite this is gonna be weird if they don't mention dynamite. It's gonna dynamite. be weird. Genuinely.
2: Okay. So plenty of gr- look, plenty of great art over the years across disciplines has been made as the result of financial pressure. I am not of the camp that says that financial or uh, logistical or considerations can't create the circumstance for great art. However, that is not what I believe <laughs> is happening here. So as an offspring of the thing that you're describing, there is also this sense to me, in in these songs, this set of this suite of songs, no one is in this marketplace right now in the American side. This is free and clear territory. And we've already built up like whether it's by us or by the groups and the labels and the conglomerates that preceded us, we've built up a substantive fan base and marketplace and people are willing to hear K-pop and K-pop is regularly charting So why not just make essentially neutral generic pop English language pop by the most famous band in the world? And then boy, it will end up at the top of the charts and which is exactly what happened. Now that's how it feels to me. But again, doesn't that on some level damage the thing that BTS has been good at up until that point?
1: Speak it Kate, speak it what to say to this
0: that we have not already harped
1: on this, they, is this, this is conspiracy this is like this is, yeah
0: they've taken they've taken this argument that they crafted a little bit earlier up here and then they're just like running with it in this really fantastical way <laughs> like we are in some fantasy logic right now there's okay there's layers of things going on here because they're conflating k-pop with bts in a really interesting way here in that they're like, they're talking about, oh, he says a substantive fan base and marketplace and people are willing to hear K-pop and K-pop is regularly charting. But is that the point here? Or is it that BTS has a gigantic fan base and is willing to chart BTS songs? And then they just happen to make a song that was catchy for the rest of the general public. At a time, I'm talking about Dynamite. I don't know where they're at with their, they've, they're they on some other trilogy that I don't know about. But I'm talking about Dynamite. And that was at a time deep into the pandemic and deep into the violence and stuff that was happening in America. And we needed a fun, happy song. And it was a right moment, right time thing. I don't think that was necessarily planned on their part. Right? That was like not... Anyway, we've already said this, but I just, they are on some fantasy trip here where we're going down some logic road where they have built their logic on air. I'm not, this is like weird to me that they're, they're sticking to this storyline when I'm not convinced that this has any significant, like, I'm sure there's some financial incentives, yes, but this is not like the significant story here.
1: yeah. Like very weird the the way that we talk about here like substantive so fan base and marketplace and people are willing to hear K pop and K pop is regularly charting that's all BTS I'll throw exactly. in Blackpink I'll throw in Blackpink they yeah. do chart I will give it yeah. I will give that to them but other than that no one is in K pop is charting at the same level as BTS has a fan base on the same level as BTS we keep seeing K pop events in America get canceled even yeah. though they have a ton of different k-pop groups committed to it and going to it they keep getting canceled because they can't sell tickets right they can't sell it and also those events are being run terribly too people are have been passing out at those events they've been fighting at those events there's overcrowding issues and it's k-pop is not in as much demand as people think it is in america
0: right and that's what i mean I, i feel like we're at this moment in 2023 where we're We've conflated BTS and K-pop to the point where it's actually really harmful to K-pop because they are making assumptions based on BTS numbers that just, it's not realistic. Because BTS has created their own genre and mythology around them that really, there's not enough there for the general public to for other k to necessarily ride on that wave in the same way. At least not anymore
1: yeah they can't because because bts is so far beyond k-pop at this point like it it's actually like doing a huge disservice to k-pop groups now to equate their success with bts because right. like, we, we keep seeing k-pop groups they're book they're trying to book stadiums and they're trying to fill out stadiums they're not able to sell those tickets they aren't they are not selling out those stadiums they're not able to fill those seats and it's it's a huge like financial issue too. It's And then people keep asking, oh, this group is touring, but you guys aren't selling out the tickets. Well, that's because a lot of people in K-pop are multis and like, they don't, they only care about their main group. They're not going to care about group whatever the heck that yeah, that exactly. they didn't actually care about. Right now, people are like, this on Twitter a TikTok where people are acting confused about the concert numbers. Well, K-pop groups, you would not be confused if you saw these group streaming numbers as well. You wouldn't be confused because these groups are not getting the streams. They're like, people are saying, oh, this group's so amazing. They're so talented and great. They're not being streamed. people are not buying tickets to see them. They're not as popular as people think they are. End of discussion right there, actually. We gotta keep going. Let's keep going, God.
3: I would think so. I was in a small group of fans who, we had liked BTS. Previous to a lot of this and yeah, <laughs> safe space, safe space.
2: <laughs> Is it me too? It's fine. Like, and don't tweet us, <laughs> us. we're know, grownups
3: and <laughs> we had just drifted away because it didn't, this was not anything I wanted to listen to. It didn't sound like the group that I had enjoyed, even with BTS being that chameleon group, they were able to handle a bunch of different styles and do them well. But yeah, this one was just—it was a step too far for me, anyway. Okay, wait.
0: Sorry, but I can't tweet at you. You blocked me. But she also blocked me. What? Is, what is he saying? Guys were grown ups. Is that what he's saying right here?
1: What? What? He's saying guys what, are grown ups. What?
0: As in we're not. What? What does that mean?
1: I don't know. I'm not grown up anymore, Kate. I Can't. I don't Fair pay much. taxes. I. Don't. I'm... That's crazy. I like for being
0: like, yeah, okay. Mm.
1: Okay. This is giving strong ex-army. Bitter ex-army vibes. I left the magic shop vibes and expecting us to be so sad for them and being like oh and coddle them or whatever it's like, i'm not gonna coddle you well i think they're Guys, waiting for us grown-ups. to cancel
0: them i think the, i think they're waiting for us to cancel them over being ex-army and honestly that is not why i'm canceling them right now so cancel you because
1: you're racist and xenophobic
0: those are the reasons you're getting canceled just fyi
1: yeah you're not getting canceled because you're an ex-army you're an ex-army and that's cringe already yeah like, oh my god But you know what's not even just cringe but actually like really downright awful you're a racist and xenophobic person just, i'm sorry but
0: them referring to this podcast as a safe space and then being extremely unsafe for literally millions of people is just my mind is blowing right now i just that okay anyway i just had to i had to pause there because i'm just like whoa i have feelings
1: whoa. yeah so weird this person truly couldn't grow up with bts like they truly couldn't can't understand the bts are changing as artists and as people they are like bts are not gonna be the same forever it's so weird that she both acknowledges their chameleon group but then also being like but yeah this one was just it was a step too far for me what?
0: and it's just like, is she basically saying she's decided to be like this bitter and weird about bts for one song or two songs all over one song
1: does it erase the rest of their discography automatically that's what i'm like that's my question is like is there other music
0: not still there are they not still making other kinds of music other than these three english i just i okay anyway i just my bafflement continues
1: (laughs) once again be erasure B erasure, okay? B is being erased in these conversations. It's, again, the hyper-focus on the English, the hyper-focus on the pop sounds when B exists.
2: The devil's advocate position, butter proves a point, which is that the biggest, most popular English language, in quote marks, music act, boy band, pop act, need not derive from America or from Europe that group can come from anywhere i think that's a valuable contribution to like how pop's globalization is understood
1: yeah that's like the the one good point
0: yeah that is the one maybe
1: think about that more
0: yeah like maybe take a moment to dwell on that concept that you've now thrown out to the universe thank you
1: but then right after oh my god we gotta hold on let's listen Uh, to this uh,
2: that said it it seems like a genuine Go back. setback for this group in particular and then if we're going to move into the solo projects a little bit and obviously an rm solo project is not going to be the same as a v or what jungkook has done but i think the jungkook album is
1: i'm sorry Kook, jungkook, jungkook 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 bro bro are you serious are you serious? I told you it was going to
0: drive me crazy.
1: <laughs> I, it's driving me crazy now because I hear it every time. <laughs> Cook. Where has he ever said his name is like that?
0: Nowhere, he said it in, in English
1: interviews multiple times. Hi guys, my name is John Cook. He says that to Jimmy Fallon one very famously.
0: It takes one quick YouTube search to figure out how to pronounce his name. From him,
1: so I can't do this.
0: All right. Oh my god. We're gonna do okay. this.
1: We can We're do this. Through this. We are almost done. We yeah. can do it.
2: It's really instructive. I waffled on this album a bit when I first listened to it. I was like, "Ah, it's so glossy. It's so, so like just sealed up tight. No, no edges on it at all." And then after a couple of listens, I was like, "Maybe that's the point. Maybe that's okay." And I warmed to it as a shiny artifact. But here's an album. This is it. Heavily or fully in, it. I'm trying to remember language wise. I believe it's all in English. I don't think there's any Korean. No, I don't think there is. And what does that tell you that for Jungkook at this stage of his career, that is the direction that folks chose to go in and collaborations with.
1: I'm sorry, but the irony of criticizing him for having an all English album, but not being able to pronounce his Korean name.
0: Yeah.
2: It's a whole vibe.
0: It's maybe like the, the easiest way to describe exactly how racist this entire podcast has been.
1: Yeah, we gotta keep listening. Yeah, keep going. Good, good
2: God. Lotto, Jack Harlow. And you mentioned in the email we were exchanging the other day, this Justin Timberlake thing.
3: To me, it just, it sounds like listening to top 40 radio, like to an iHeart radio station. And getting a nice sample of everything that's in the charts right now. It just sounds like top forty iHeartRadio. And there's nothing wrong with that. Do you think it's good? I don't think it's bad.
2: Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's bad. I can bad. accept that.
3: Yeah. I yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a ve- it's a very serviceable mainstream
2: pop album. Yeah. Again, I warm yeah. to it as that.
1: Yeah, there's some good songs on there. Okay, before they go into this next section. Okay, what do they want? Do they want an appeal to the American music consumer or do they not want it?
3: I,
0: okay, if I am understanding this correctly, they want 2010 K pop, which was not this. That's what it's feeling like. They want the early 2010s K pop sound that feels like what that feels where that feels what they're nostalgic for is early 2010s k-pop and the fact that we've had a decade since then and the fact that we've had several major world calamities happen since then and the fact that society has changed dramatically since then does not apparently need to influence the music in any way is what i'm getting from this.
1: Yeah. Also, let's take in mind that Jungkook's musical influences. He's always said Justin Bieber.
0: Absolutely zero army were surprised when he put out this album because it's what he's always wanted to do. He has said yeah. that repeatedly. So,
1: Jungkook is not going to release an art house album. Do we are we all looking at the same guy?
0: I'm starting to... I don't think they actually are because they are talking about someone named Jungkook.
1: (laughs) My God, it still bothers me so much they can't pronounce his name. They get a a serviceable mainstream pop album, as Kara said. Mm -hmm. They get that. But now they're not happy with it. Do you want it to appeal to American music consumer or you you don't want it to? And if you don't want it to, then what do you want?
0: I'm hoping they're about to tell us.
2: Is K-pop... Is it being stripped on some level of... The singular things that made it so fascinating.
1: It's right there. Said it out loud. So fascinating. The exotic Asian people from Asia. Speaking in their Asian
0: languages. Their
1: Asian languages. They're so fascinating. This is like exoticizing people like one-on-one like this wow. is not even it's not even funny as like an Asian person like I can't even laugh at this it's damn you really just said it you
0: Yes yeah, out loud to all of us wow
1: fascinating are Asian people fascinating <laughs> my goodness
2: oh.
1: man as an Asian woman I guess fetishized enough. I don't need to. I know. This, gracious.
2: And look, I, I, you could have someone respond to that and say, yeah, but that's happened with all genres and all genres that go broad and mainstream as they lose some of their specificity in service of reaching more people. And that's a fine counter argument. But to me, I think I I would have been way more excited to hear Whoever the next Justin Bieber is, trying to make records that sound like K-pop records, then hearing Jungkook trying to sound make records that sound like washed-up Justin Timberlake records.
3: Yeah, that Justin Timberlake remix is something
2: else. Yeah, that ain't. That's not my. <laughs> that's not it. Let's listen. Let's. You know what? Let's play a little bit of it just for special. Just for our special friend.
1: Careful what you ask for.
3: Jung and JT on the main now. You can still find me in a drop top with the top down, but I got so many lanes now. And when I put it in a six and it clicks, all the tricks catch it going the same now. I reach through the screen with my desktop up while I'm watching the rain
1: down. Come with me. Okay, with 3D, let's talk about. Oh, do you want to talk about 3D, Kate? Oh, I want to talk about 3D?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that feels like a loaded question. Can we talk about how he just said Joe Cook sounds like a washed up Justin Timberlake? Because he literally
1: just said that that seems like racist that, as well like trying to equate
0: an asian little, person yeah that's a little that's a that's something
1: that's the whole thing with stripping asian people of their culture and trying to see them in proximity to whiteness that's great i've experienced it my whole life hello that's so fun that's so fun but we can talk about it too we don't even just in timberlake remix jungkook amazing fantastic a vocalist Yep. We don't care about Justin Bieber, like.
0: It's true. Yeah. And that opening has oh, got...
1: Again, it's the hyper-focusing. It's
0: very it's the... hyper-focused here. Unlike all the wrong things, even just as ARMY, we're just like, yeah, we don't really... That's... No, we don't really talk about that. We
1: also, better we, things talk about we talking how about how 3D was a pre-release single to Golden, it, it's not defining a VT, of all of Jungkook's music as, as right. a solo artist. Like It's part of it. It's not defining it.
0: Like, I would argue that even just the album Golden is not defining of all of Jungkook's identity as an artist. It is a facet. It is something he wanted to share with us, but it's not his whole artistic style.
1: You want to know what Jungkook's whole artistic style is? It's the 400 plus song musical discography from BTS and him. There's things to stew. We're stewing. It is
3: it's an attempt to make american music but just by a korean it there's no there really is no k-pop in this album other than the fact that the audience listening to it is a k-pop audience that's what makes it
1: k-pop no that's that's not right okay it's not k-pop audience army audience yeah also general BTS. public who loves jungkook for some reason like he went viral on tiktok with seven and people eat up people have been eating up anything jungkook for the past year
0: yeah
1: let's be real here let's be real and there's like the reason that this album gets classified as k-pop because of billboards and the the western music industry's racist classification yeah. system yeah. That even labels things like K R and B as K-pop. Right. When it's not even from the K-pop industry. Like right. DPR, E and DPR Live. Those people right. very clearly not part of the K-pop industry. They are completely separate from it. But they still get labeled as K-pop because they sing in Korean. Or right. they are Korean. So as Or I'm they're saying,
0: like from Korea. Which yeah, seems to be Korea. the only
1: actual factor
0: in deciding what is K-pop and what isn't. Is this person from Korea? Period. So it's
1: true. Jungkook made a pop album but it still gets labeled as k-pop because he himself is korean yes and which i have
0: said before i detest as like a whole because that basically means that k-pop and maybe that's the question of this whole podcast but like it basically means k-pop isn't really a genre what is the genre of k-pop right? And if it's just literally any music from Korea, that's not really a genre then that is just labeling all music from Korea, right? And the fact that Golden, literally the only thing, everything was produced and written in the US, in English, the only thing Korean about the Golden album is the fact that Jungkook is from Korea. Literally, that's it.
1: It's racist once again. All right, well, this next part, my God, if there's anything more racist in the next part, it's this part.
2: If this same exact album had been made by a different artist, I think it just goes by. If
1: it
3: was by. uh,
2: Yeah, Jimmy Wilson or whatever, like just a random American guy.
3: Yeah. One of the Jonas Brothers put out a solo album (laughs) called Jolden or something, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't give him any
3: ideas
1: what a racist way to strip someone of their artistry
0: oh that's a mood
1: genuinely genuinely that's actually that's ridiculous goodness gracious
0: yeah they're just saying all the quiet parts out loud today yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, keep going i can't
3: yeah then it's yeah this exact same album it'll go in one ear and out the other the only thing that makes it notable is who whose face is representing this but yeah i do agree that something is lost there because the there is a sound to k-pop there is that's rooted
1: in black culture black american culture by the way and not what was trying to be produced with
0: this album as previously mentioned it was trying to be a mainstream pop album okay it's fine let her keep going Larry let her dig that is
3: hole a, i think fans like to say it's not a genre it's not a genre and that's true it's not a, a genre but it, not it's exclusive. not exclusively no, no. there there are many different kinds of songs but i think that previously there was always this real eclectic drive to just pick up pieces from here and there and everywhere, use new sounds, use new and bigger and brighter colors and costuming, and just get the weirdest stuff that you can find and throw it on screen. And there are still acts doing that. I heard a song the other day that it sounded like, like a country, like country music style, like guitars, like all through it. And yeah, it was great. Come
2: on. on. In it.
3: You know, you have guys like Heyman, who's 30 now and like still holding down the fort for the art pop. But yeah, that's not necessarily the stuff that gets exported to us, like here in America then in a way it's almost it's frustrating just because now when people think k-pop they do think butter
1: okay let's clarify a couple of things here there's so
0: much to unpack there yeah, there's wow. so much to
1: unpack there when okay when in says yeah that's not necessarily stuff that gets exported to us here in america i wonder why maybe because jungkook made an album specifically for the american audience Yeah, And like it all English for the global music audience. And like Taman does not have the resources to that because he doesn't have a fan base that gets him the resources to promote in America or make it worth promoting in America. Like you love Taman so much. You talk about him so much. But are you streaming him 100 times a day? Are you keeping his numbers up? Are you buying his music? Are you making sure that people see him, that people know who he is? That's what being a fan is about. It's about pushing your artists forward so they can get as many opportunities as possible. And you're out here thinking like, this person is so amazing and great and no one paid attention to them. Maybe because you're not pushing them.
0: She's too busy over here tearing apart BTS to be doing that. Yeah, She's got priorities.
1: If you don't talk about the artists you like, if you don't push them forward, they will have nowhere to go because they need fans. This is why the K-pop industry is dying and why in this year and a half that BTS are gone, the K-pop industry will begin to crumble because it does not have fan bases. It doesn't have fans. It has lukewarm casual fans, casual stands who think something's pretty, think something's cool, and then they move on. It's like if you're not taking money out of your pocket and giving it to the artist. If you're not like every opportunity you can get, you're talking about that artist. Then what is the point? What is the point? Goodness gracious.
0: Yeah. And I will note that they literally said they agreed when they said up there that K-pop is not actually a genre. I just wanted to point that out, that they've been touting this whole K-pop thing, this entire episode. And here we are at the last 10 minutes. And they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, K-pop isn't actually a genre. Okay, cool. Thanks. (laughs) It's
1: great. So great. I just, God, we got to keep going. It's the
2: devil's advocate read, which is, it's inherently meaningful that the most pop American pop album of this year was made by someone from South Korea, from a K-pop boy band. Like that to me is, that's where I'm pulled in both directions. Cause on some level, I think that's inherently valuable or interesting or thought provoking. And I think would encourage non K-pop listeners to think hard about the pop music that they consume and say, huh, that's fascinating. I'm getting this very similar product that also sounds pretty much like the other things I like, but it's coming down a different pathway.
3: It's not though. That's the thing is all the writers, all the producers, it's an American album with a Korean face on it, basically. And so I think that if I was a listener that was like, oh, this is what a K-pop guy can do, it sounds just like Justin Timberlake. Why do you need a Korean guy doing Justin Timberlake when we have Justin Timberlake? I can go see Trolls 3 right now. Well, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I don't (laughs) don't need to fly to Seoul to go see Trolls 3, right? It's here.
2: Damn, damn, damn. Come for the the philosophical K-pop discussion, (laughs) stay for the troll slander
1: you don't belong here you don't oh, we please. have just you don't we don't need you here you go back to your own country we have Justin Timberlake already my god just say wow why do you need a Korean guy doing Justin Timberlake when we have Justin Timberlake in my life in my life I've had some people say some racist ass shit to me but like that that right there why don't you just say go back to your country at that point she literally literally just said
0: it she literally just said it she just said golden is an entire album an entire american album with a korean face on it i'm about to flip my desk this is wow i was expecting this to be bad but this is much worse than i was expecting my bar was already low and here we are it's i'm appalled
1: also, the way that they're, like, acting like, oh, it's such a hot take. So funny. We don't need the Korean guy. We have Justin Timber, like, already. Oh, God! There's so it's much so racism bad. here! There's so
0: much racism happening here.
1: This, this is actually... They said it so clearly. There's no way to be, like, actually, they were saying no. It was just being racist. Like...
0: No, this is, like, as racist as it can get. I I am appalled.
1: Okay.
3: Probably we <sighs> will go see trolls with them. So no, no hate on trolls.
2: Let me ask this question. We're having this conversation, just two Americans that care a lot about this particular kind of music. And are we trying to protect something that in Korea amongst the core fan base, those fans are like, this is fine. I have no problem with this.
3: From what I understand, I don't think we're off base because even going back, we were talking about Big Bang, but even when Alive came out, which is such a great album, but there were complaints even back then from fans that it was too global. It didn't sound Korean enough. And so there are always gonna be those people that, that don't like change, that don't like a global sound. But
1: what were you just
0: saying? Care. Uh, she needs to go reflect in the corner for a while, I think.
1: She's the exact same people that she's now trying to criticize.
0: I can't with her right now.
3: But I think in this case, I have heard a lot of complaints from fellow fans not in America, fellow fans in Asia that this just isn't it just isn't what we're looking for. And ironically, I think
1: this is again another instance of Emily Wang and her nineteen friends. You know, yes.
0: okay. I I have this really controversial thing to say that if this music and this album was not what Kara here was looking for, then this album and this music is not for her. That's my hot take today.
1: Wild. It's almost like there's like millions of songs. Almost like you
0: could go listen to literally anything else and not have an opinion in this space and go be somewhere far away from us.
3: I think you do find that what's popular in Korea right now, if you look at like the charts can be deceiving, but it's stuff like Akmu. It's stuff like Akmu, Lovely, is like one of the popular songs right now, which is a very sweet little ditty. You would never hear it here. It just wouldn't play.
1: It's actually TikTok famous right now, Kara. Was she not aware of that? I'm it's not like sure a...
0: what bubbles this woman is living in. It's
1: a trending TikTok sound in America.
0: Yeah. yeah, I she's clearly not on on the lingo here. I don't know. She's I don't know what community she's in circling in with all these friends of hers, but not the same space as I've been in.
3: And like the big girl group, I think is Ibe, who have no profile here at all.
2: Tell me a song by them that you think we should hear.
3: Yeah, uh, maybe I am.
2: So we're going to play that. And then I have questions about new Is New Jeans is New Jeans a up designed to appeal to like forward thinking American music fans? Like is that because it's working on me, certainly. I don't know how you feel about them. Yeah, I like new but ones. you know, I, I feel like that's a group who obviously is moving between Korean and English, but also moving between hip hop maximalism and like if there was a truly forward thinking American pop group right now, that's what it would sound like, I think in terms of the reference points, what it's borrowing from. Tell me about how I versus New Jeans. what are they doing differently?
3: I think a lot of it comes down to just the performances are very different. The gr- The groups themselves are just formed very different. New Jeans, they're very young. They're very young. They're teenagers and they have this very, it's a quality that you don't see a lot in K-pop, at least. Not really anymore, but it's this, it's a, it's real ingenue. They're not quite perfect yet. And yeah, they have, their music is also, a it does have a more Western sound to it. The reference point that I hear a lot is Pink Panthers. It does have a more Western appeal to it. Their performance style is just. <laughs> they, you know, they wear like the little high school uniforms. It does have a very, I don't know, a nostalgic appeal almost. For those of us who grew up in the Britney Spears era, I think they're, I think over there at the Billboard Music Awards performance, they were, it strongly echoed Britney and her little schoolgirl chic. Whereas I, I think their songs just sound more Korean or more Korean pop. They don't necessarily have, they're a little more harder edged and the girls are a little more like adult they're not really adult but it's just got a very different vibe to it
2: and in korea I'm more popular than new jeans i would say so yes whereas like you say here no profile really no profile or minimal profile certainly not compared to the taste make you know the sort of like new jeans Le seraphim access
1: and a lot of that okay really quick as we were having this conversation i just would like to contextualize a couple of different things like new jeans has an outward facing global music industry perspective when it comes to their group production they have things like uk garage in it and i've talked about this on twitter before but like uk garage is very much like a global music trend right now and that's what the global music industry is focused on but i've they focus so much on only Korea that they only have a Korean audience. And like these people are acting like they're confused and like why Ive doesn't have a stronger American presence and like that. And it's because they're not focused on America at all. They're very much only focused on Korea. And that's the what they care about and where they care about getting money from.
3: That too is the agency because both La Seraphim and
1: New Jeans are under Hybe,
3: who they have the partnership with Scooter Braun and they have those kind of industry connections.
2: But also I do think like the music and the aesthetics, oh, like, absolutely. like watching those first new jeans videos, I was like, oh yeah, like these videos could be made by like the 10 coolest like hip hop stylists and creative directors and art direct like that I follow on Instagram, you know? and probably hell, maybe they were, you know, like for all I know. Okay, so we're gonna go out with a sort of lesser known new jeans song. Let's go out with Cool With You, which was on the second EP which I think my albums list will be out by the time this episode comes out and it's on my albums list, but you'll see where if you look. That's our show, Kara, thank you so much for coming through and talking through some of these struggle points with us without fear, I should say, because we're grown up so we can have our own opinions. But I appreciate it because it does seem that like discourse and on your blog, other newsletters about like K-pop without the K, it's interesting philosophically to think about what does that mean? Is that a geographic thing a stylistic thing a language thing it's interesting to have been observing that industry for the last 10 plus years and see it be going through this kind of like tug of war about like how do we grow how do we get to be bigger and and maybe even should we that seems to be what's at play more on that to come undoubtedly in the coming years and i guess if you do want to hear a very shiny pop album of pop music
1: i don't care about promoting them so we're gonna cut all of that and then they play cool a few also taken my cool a few is not a lesser known ep song it went to cock viral the music video has the actress from squid game i forgot her name it has her in there and she's a very popular actress and there's a disconnect how yes. the way they talk about new jeans and how they frame that conversation plus especially with new jeans versus ive is so interesting because it's like okay so you get it at some capacity you're just like oh yeah there's new things happening and that they're appealing to different markets you get that that's happening but then with bts it's somehow there's something weird happening there that uh. is not clicking
0: yeah, they want to be able to have all the arguments at once, and none of it is clear.
1: It's not how it works. They're disconnected from the New Jeans have conversation, and that's why some of it sounds oh, yeah. weird.
0: I don't know. This feels very anti-hype, which is funny because New this...
1: Jeans at the end. Yeah,
0: no, I don't think it wasn't so much Kara as the host guys. Like... Yeah he's clearly on the bandwagon so I don't know it's weird to me that they can sit here and be like oh yeah I like these new songs that are like they're literally saying oh yeah these aren't bad I like them whatever these American sounding songs whatever they're saying while at the same time being like oh BTS is you know clearly selling out because they are doing this thing that we just said we liked I don't know this whole thing it's just Their arguments here are a little bit confused. And I think they're using, like, BTS as some sort of, as they said, case study. But I think doing it in a way that's not actually examining the actual contextual BTS, like, industrial complex in any way. I don't know. It's just, it's very weird to me that they've drawn all these conclusions, but left so many holes. So many holes and so yeah. much racism. Just so, so much, much racism.
1: All right. Final thoughts, Kate?
0: Whoo. Final thoughts. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting on the bigger picture level. I think it would be interesting to have this conversation about what is K pop? What is it when. Americans are labeling things K-pop that aren't necessarily K-pop. I think that's an interesting conversation for people to have. This was not that. This was in no way that conversation. And it's unfortunate that I had to listen to all of that, honestly. I'm glad I did because now I know that This is an opinion people have out in the world. Because I do often question, man, why are people so angry about this? Or why do I keep getting these weird reactions from people? But if this is the sorts of things that people are listening to about BTS or consuming in some way, this is their understanding of BTS, then of course I'm going to get weird looks. Because this is some sort of other reality that, that folks are living in. Not great reality. But anyway, so yeah, I just... At the end of the day, this was just a lot of xenophobia, a lot of racism, a lot of conflating of different topics and issues, and some logical leaps in argumentation that I couldn't make with them. So I'm not really sure if others are making that journey or not. I don't know. But just the general lack of foundation in anything factual coupled with the racism and xenophobia really made this for kind of a depressing listen actually
1: yeah i don't feel like you know how sometimes you end things and you feel angry and you have energy and you're just gonna go tackle the world after this i just feel really sad This is genuinely how some people think
0: yeah that's where i was like i was mad in the middle but i was like wow they said these words out loud and then them and whoever is helping produce this show all listened to this and said yep that's what we're going to go with and then they published this they pushed this out publicly and I'm tired I'm so tired and it's just it's depressing that this is what we're working with in the mainstream media still 2023 and we're still it's not even just about BTS but just like the racism and xenophobia at all like it's just the fact that we're still here and this is the battle we're fighting we don't even get to have these other nuanced conversations because we're just like still at base level racism what i yeah
1: yeah i feel very much the same way in that it's very frustrating that we have to stay here and we remain here When it comes to conversations around BTS and ARMY. Because I feel like as Armies, we're so beyond this already. Discourse that people over here can't even comprehend. It's racism, xenophobia. It's not going to disappear overnight. And sometimes it's frustrating that, especially as an... I've talked about this before, but as an Asian American person, just constantly having to experience this, BTS never catch a break. Like, even people that supposedly that person who's talking and they're talking about being a former army and i used to like their music and now i don't and it's you used to love them like you used to have a connection with bts and like their music and who they were as people and then now it's gone and it's like how did you grow so hateful of something that you used to love that's so sad it is
0: it is really sad partly i hope part of me hopes that they didn't have the kind of connection that I feel to BTS and to their music because I can't imagine losing that in my life right now it generally like hurts thinking about that and so I just I don't know it's just interesting because this was like a show about music and there wasn't very much talk about music in the show but it's ostensibly about music and pop and I feel like there was a genuine miss on what music really means to people and like why people consume music, why fandoms exist. We're not just here to look at pretty boys. We're here because the music genuinely connects with us, because we enjoy it, because it's fun, because it makes us want to dance. Whatever the reason, people are here for the music and that just feels like a huge hole in this entire podcast and i guess in a lot of people's ways of thinking about what bts and even what k-pop really is
1: yeah it's like they can't even comprehend it they can't even have space in their mind that we the armies love bts because they're bts like we don't love bts because they're a bunch of like, Korean guys we can fetishize or something. We love them because they have great messages in their music. They're great people who have great messages in yeah. their art overall.
0: Not to harp on this too much, but comparing Jungkook to Justin Timberlake, one of those two people is miles and miles away, a better person, a better human being than the other. And I am going to stand behind the one that is the better human being. And... I, the fact that was even a comparison that was made is just makes me nauseous.
1: Yeah, it seems like super, especially because it seems like this podcast was also made recently. And knowing like what's been in the news about Justin Timberlake recently, exactly. I do not like that comparison.
0: No, it was, like, it's gross on so many levels.
1: Yeah, like we both have our own opinions about Justin Timberlake being on a remix with Hook. And it's like, it's so gross how i hate that is being compared to him and then also these people comparing him to justin timberlake as a way to be xenophobic towards jungkook as well it's like layers of disgust again it's like the dehumanization of bts in any of these conversations and and they were supposed to talk about the golden album and jungkook but i feel like they barely talked about it oh they
0: hardly talked about it at all like they mentioned they're like oh yeah it was a fine album Cool. They they,
1: they didn't mention standing next to you, which is, by the way, is the title track of the album. Of course, these
0: folks didn't remember dynamite existed over butter. So I question a lot of things about them.
1: I question their knowledge on these topics. I question, like, why they think they have the credibility to speak on it on this type of platform. Okay. I'm going to say this is going to be petty. But as two researchers who, like, we do everything ourselves here, by the way. Like the New York Times podcast, they talked about having a sound producer yeah. and like that and having, they probably have like staff. But this podcast is just Kate and I.
0: Yeah, it's just the two of us.
1: I edit the audio and the video and then Kate does all the descriptions and transcribing. Yeah, that's all Kate. That's all me. It, it's sad to see that they get like such an official platform and they use it to act like this.
0: And them, oh, and them saying, oh, but we're grown ups. I'm like, cool, great. The more you say it, the more you protest. One starts to wonder, are you actually? Because it turns out we're grownups too. And look at us here having a rational, non-racist conversation.
1: Yeah, we are. And it's surprising that other people can't. I don't know what to feel other than baffled yeah to say things so confidently to say to again say things on a public platform and then also assume that you can't put your name to it if you can't put your name to it why are you speaking at all there's Kara. people i haven't checked army twitter for a hot second but people already found her account they found who she is you can't come into these conversations expecting us to not respond or expecting us to ignore it and not talk about it because it's this stuff matters to us and it's meaningful to us. And it's you're just like here to sh- on things and like, come into yeah. the space and act like voices of authority when you're not. Yeah,
0: and, and it's just like the repeated use of saying, "Oh, this is a safe space," and then causing so much harm. For what? For,
1: For what? What, what do they get out of this? They get they didn't get a listen from us. I'll tell you that we downloaded <laughs> it. And then we transcribed it and then that's what we're listening to. And I encourage you, if you're listening to this as a, as a listener of our podcast, don't listen to their podcasts. Yeah. If don't support them. These people are harming this space. Yeah. And they're also yeah. harming a lot of the musical journalism. Like first off, they didn't they didn't even mention dynamite. Strange, by the way. Didn't delve into Jungkook's album. And I feel like there's a lot of missing pieces in this conversation. Yeah. If you want to talk about K-pop they focus a lot on second generation what's the third generation yeah are we acting like twice is retired <laughs> <laughs> they just had a world tour yeah are they, but are we acting like twice is retired or that got seven is disbanded they're still a group right. even though they're not under jyp oh are, are we acting like exo is gone it's it's like this simultaneous the death of k-pop k-pop is this doesn't exist anymore it's all americanized but also we like americanized but then we don't like it when bts does it it's bad when (laughs) bts does it and it's like you you can't even make up your mind what you want it really just seems like bts hate at the end of the day it's always just yeah that's
0: what this was that's really what this was at the end of the day
1: yeah we got an episode out of it and i will take that i will take that but yeah If you guys want to hear more stuff like this of us reacting to things, feel free to subscribe. We have a lot more of these reaction videos and podcasts on our paid Spotify subscription. So if you Mm -hmm. pay and you subscribe to us on Spotify, you will be able to access those. And please do, because we put a lot of thought into it and we talk about a lot of different things on them.
0: Yeah, we have a whole two-hour rant about Billboard. That was fun.
1: Yeah, that was fun, honestly but yeah there's a lot more content like this we'll continue doing content like this and keep having meaningful conversations about bts don't let these people dictate what the conversation about bts should look like
0: yes yes we can keep having our nuanced contextualized conversations yeah we can do it yeah
1: and we are having them here right now. That's yeah, what this podcast right? That's exists. That's why this
0: podcast exists.
1: That's why we exist as academics. We literally just submitted two papers. Two. Yeah. Just casual.
0: Just casual. We got another two going in January. I'm excited. Things are rolling.
1: Yeah. And one of them, I'll spoil here, is about research I'm doing on deep yeah. technology and how that affects celebrities. I'm legit and... so
0: excited about that work, by the way.
1: Yeah. I'm doing a lot of work around it, and it's great. And as armies, we're capable of having conversations and doing more complex things, and these types of people get in the way of that. Yeah,
0: especially when we spend all day having discourse around them when we could be do literally anything else with our time, right?
1: Also, I think it's important to have discourse about it. It's oh, yeah. it important to glad point we did out this. how wrong they yeah, are. Yeah
0: this was important. This was important for us to get a finger on the pulse of whatever other people are thinking about. And I think it was important to, because the thing is the way they set this whole podcast up was basically like, oh, we already know ARMY is going to get hysterical about this. We know they're going to get toxic and weird. So anything ARMY says, we should automatically ignore. Literally said that in the podcast and then blocked all of us preemptively so that we couldn't do this monstrously terrible thing they think we're going to do so we number one army found other ways of contributing their thoughts to the conversation but then here we are still able to have our discourse and look nary a hysterical comment in sight should i get Just... hysterical
1: Ah! <laughs> oh, <laughs> so wrong no Whatever. i don't even think
0: we can do hysterical right
1: yeah <laughs> we're too academic-y yeah. like according to my sources whatever whatever <laughs> to contextualize the conversation whatever <laughs> if i recall whatever <laughs> but yeah we are capable of having better conversations and we, we should and we are having so here we are so that person can feel free to block us. We're still going to talk about them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Best of luck to them in Best their future endeavors.
1: Yeah. I hope you heal your ex-army trauma. Yeah. And you feel better about your life because it feels like you have a lot of bitterness. Also, you should read an anti-racism book. I think that would help you.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes, please. Yeah. There are so many out there available.
1: Also, the look into K-pop history more because- black culture is really important and a crucial part of it and the fact that yeah. neither of you mentioned anything about that was weird just there's things that there's still room and opportunity to learn if in a year or two from now if i can hear something from these two people at any point in time and that surprises me and they learn or grow as people i think that's a good thing yeah this was not just trash talking this is like a wish be yeah. better people
0: go learn and grow as individuals
1: yeah because there's a lot of learning and growing that needs to be done. That's very <laughs> evident of this podcast. So, yes. best of luck to you two. Best of luck to the LA armies who have listened to this. Take yeah. care of yourselves. Go subscribe to our Spotify membership thingy we're not good at promoting it. I'm sorry. we're not influencers. We're academics. Yeah, I wasn't so built. Obvious. I wasn't built for this life, but here we are. <laughs> here we
2: Thank are. you
1: guys so much for listening to the podcast as always. and please remember to stream DTS top to bottom every album stream golden, whose title oh. track is standing next to you, by the way. <laughs> standing next to you is the title track of Golden. If you didn't know, because they never laundry. mentioned it they in didn't the mention podcast. it once. and i'm like low-key
0: obsessed with that song so
1: it's so good it's so, the music video so is amazing too of the it's romeo so and juliet but yeah stream golden which is a great album by the way iconic wonderful amazing junk is so talented watch every performance streamed album top to bottom and please take care of yourself goodbye bye, bye, bye.